is, were the processes, were these hearings fair? Did they comport with due process? And I think there's a question there with regard to what Maine did. Because if you look at the hearing, and she details this in the, in the ruling, they heard from one fact witness, a law professor. She based her ruling on a lot of documents, but also YouTube clips, news reports, things that would never pass the bar in normal court. She's not a lawyer, by the way. It's a smartly written decision, clearly consulted with lawyers, but this is an unelected. She's chosen by the state legislature. She's elected by now this. Senator Ram Paul releasing his annual airing of grievances with uh, wasteful government spending. Is there any other type of government spending? Anyway, this year, it lists includes $33.2 million to look after medical research monkeys, $6 million to the Agency for International Development to promote tourism to Egypt, uh, lobster tanks worth $8,000, Back to headline news with resistance chicks we're your hosts leah and michelle it's friday right it's the end of the year it is oh my gosh it's been a long year it's been a big year it's been a big big long year it feels like it's been more than one <laughs> and we're gonna go over some of the top stories from this past year and the top stories from this week um, including, are we going to talk about Rand Paul's annual Festivus report on the Brighton show or the after show? The after show. We can, we can, we can a I think we should, we can definitely couple get some. A couple of the top stories from this past year. Well, some wasteful spending, yes. Wasteful Plenty spending. Plenty of that to go around. So Leah, what's this? Francis Collins admits massive unnecessary collateral damage. Yeah, so the former director of the NIH has said, hey, listen, maybe the lockdowns weren't great after all. After Everybody lost their job, had to take that. the vaccines. And then our own governor, Mike DeWine, has vetoed a bill that, he's supposed to be a Republican, mm -hmm. Rhino, a bill that would protect children and transgender surgeries and so much more. We're going to bring you that. That's world news. And so much more after these messages. Don't go anywhere. We will be right back. Okay, so Leah, you know, last night you sent me a text message. You're like, let's talk tomorrow night about some of the big top stories from this past I year. I actually was going to do that. On, I know you are. Yeah, I know you are. This weekend. We are going to do it. But what, <laughs> but what I'm thinking of right now. Yeah. It's not really the biggest top story of the year, mm -hmm. per se. But what's top on my mind is what is happening. Really? Top you're of gonna, mind. You're going to do that? Top of mind. We have now a new American euphemism, thanks to the uh, Biden secretary <laughs> there, her press secretary. And I've never heard of it. Top, top of, of mind. mind. And it's, it, it's, it feels like when people say, I'm fixing to, or I seen. Really? Top of mind. I ahead. think it's like, top of the morning to you. I, I, I don't like, feel it when she says that. Okay. Top of mind. Um. What they have done to Trump over this past year. Oh, my. And you know how I feel about Trump. Like, he's not my best buddy right now. And, you know. He's nobody's best buddy. They, you know, like, it says, you made me love you. I feel like the song is, they make me love him. They make me support they him. They make me support him, I guess, is a better. Yeah. You made me support Trump. I didn't want to do it. You make me I didn't defend do him. It, right? Um, but they have attacked him so much. And we are going to talk about Maine. 
becoming the third state that is now barring <laughs> Trump from the ballot. It's like, if they only knew that there are those of us out there that are just kind of like Trump, you went too far with the vaccine. It's, we can't, you can't come back from that. And yet we still now have to support him. So, so I'm looking back on this entire year, everything that they've done with all of the, um, you know, indictments and the, just the different things that they have done to Trump. And I'm just like, to me, that is the biggest, most broad thing that has happened for the entire year of 2023. I think so. And we don't really know where that's going to go. And yeah. that they really want to push us to civil war. They want the Trump supporters <laughs> exactly what they in want. the streets. They want another January 6th. They want more protesters. They they thrive on it. They want it to get it. Do you think that? Do you think that? Because uh, I was talking just literally prior to the show. I was I was on the phone with Scott Kesterson because a bear attacked his beehives, um, and he was saying that they would. They really do want. They're expecting us to riot in the streets as a result of them removing him from the ballot. Do you think I think get it? that it's going to go to the Supreme Court? I mean, even here's the thing: these are this, this is one of those situations where they know they push their their cards too far. Yeah, they know the makeup of the Supreme Court. Now, mm. if the makeup of the Supreme Court um, were not what it was, I mean, Justice Roberts he leans left, but he has to uphold a semblance of constitutional authority is the chief justice. Yeah. Okay. So at the end of the day, every Democrat is snickering behind their backs because they've got some tools that they know, Hey, there's, there's no ramifications to Mm. these radical leftists for taking Trump off the ballot. So why not do it? You've got a, uh, an activist court in Colorado who took Trump off the ballot and they know it's an activist court. There's a reason why the Supreme court justices have to go through a Senate confirmation hearing yeah. so that people from both parties actually have to, by and large, weigh in, okay? And with the Supreme Court makeup the way it is right now, these these particular outbursts of temper tantrums will be held in check. However, there's no saying that, you know, if, if, God forbid somebody went and, you know, blew up the conservative justices and Biden had a chance to put in his justices, Trump wouldn't be on the ballot. Yeah, that's true. And then what? Like this, this is this whole nation, like Ruth Bader Ginsburg was probably the last leftist justice on that court that knew that she had to have a semblance of constitutionality. Yeah, exactly. She would have ruled that Trump could be on the ballot. And so you've got the last, last any sort of Democrat gone mm. that could have even stood in the way. Yeah. So this is a very strange situation that we're in. We've got the Kenji, whatever her name, she's an activist judge. She's a total activist judge. Um, and we're going to play a clip on that for a minute. But before we get to a little bit more deep into that, you guys remember Dr. Francis Collins, you know, the former NIH director has admitted the public health establishment was brutally wrong on COVID. Now, what's insane about it is that I lost my Twitter over this mm-hmm. and we got several videos taken down off of YouTube. Several people were banned off of social media for saying what is now true. Yeah. So in the quagmire, what's very interesting on social media sites, like on, on Facebook, they've let COVID go. And I'll tell you what the new thing is, and, and I'll, let you, I'll let you in on, on one of the punchlines. 
one of the internal emails that was going back and forth, the new thing is the migrants. The migrants are an issue that the left and the right are covering. But just as with a Tommy Robinson or an Alex Jones or COVID, that there's only going to be one narrative. And if you cross that line, um, they're going to ask, ask a not ask you a question. They're going to ask you <laughs> off of social media, which yes. is interesting. That's where they are. That the, Their internal emails were, what are we going to censor on the migrants? Mm-hmm. Are you allowed to say that they're coming in? Are you allowed to say it's an invasion? What are you allowed to say? So we're going to discuss that in a little bit. But before we get to that, I want to play this clip from Francis Collins, uh, public uh, enemy number one who locked down your life, basically, now saying that it w- they went too far. Let's play this. As a guy living inside the Beltway, feeling the sense of crisis, trying to decide what to do in some situation room in the White House with people who had data that was incomplete, we weren't really thinking about what that would mean uh, to Wilk and his family uh, in Minnesota, uh, a thousand miles away from where the virus was hitting so hard. We weren't really considering the consequences in communities that were not New York City or, or, or some other big city. The public health people, we talked about this earlier, and this is a really important point. If you're a public health person and you're trying to make a decision, you have this very narrow view of what the right decision is, and that is something that will save a life. Doesn't matter what else happens. So you attach infinite value uh, to stopping the disease and saving a life. You attach a zero value to whether this actually totally disrupts people's lives, ruins the economy, and has many kids kept out of school in a way that they never quite require. Collateral damage. So there, yeah, collateral damage. This is a public health mindset. And I think a lot of us involved in trying to make those recommendations had that mindset. And that was really unfortunate. It's another mistake we made. Okay. Wow. A mistake. So this is from uh, Dr. Robert Malone. So Francis Collins, the ex-director of NIH and Fauci's boss, Fauci had a boss, now admits the public health officials should never be put in charge of a public health emergency. (laughs) Because their training is not adequate for a government response and that he botched the COVID-19 response. This is yet another chapter in the limited hangout reveal that is currently ongoing by those in D.C. that are responsible for the gross COVID crisis, public health mismanagement, including the various incremental admissions of guilt by Dr. Robert Cadlick. So this is a crazy world that that we are living in. I got another. uh, This is a quote from him. I'm doing this because I believe this is the worst public policy mistake in our lifetime. That you were a part of. It's worse than Vietnam. It's driven by media hysteria. It's driven by this belief that we can eradicate death. But when you pull away from the fire and fury of Twitter, Mr. Berenson's tirades against the media don't explain why he finds himself standing nearly alone against the most public health experts and worst governments. The pandemic and its global response. I think that actually might be a... Is that from more, more from Malone? No, I think that was the great... Uh, that's from Dr. Berenson. You guys remember the the the, the Berenson Declaration? Is that Berenson? The Berenson Declaration. So the great Berenson Declaration, where all these doctors got together and they signed and they said, "I this lockdown is not good. Yeah. Francis Collins went and said, no one would debate me on that. 
but actually all of them wanted to sit down. All of them wanted to have a discussion. So what you're seeing right now in real time, as, as Robert Malone said, these tiny little trickles of admissions of guilt, be, make note of them because that's when you're allowed to speak out on Facebook again. Right. That's when you're allowed to speak out on other social media. That's when you're allowed to actually speak out on YouTube again because they did what they needed to do and now they're walking it back and now they're doing the commit the crime first, ask forgiveness later. They destroyed the economy. They put Biden in. They made sure Trump wouldn't get in. They made sure they had mail-in voting. They released this virus because they wanted a worldwide great reset. And so uh, on the flip side, in order to, to make it look like they're not the bad guys, they had to hammer it. You saw the evil uh, look in every single one of their eyes. You know the evil look in Dr. Fauci's eyes. Now, Dr. Fauci played the part so much that he is not walking back. He is too soul. He cannot do it. But the rest of them know, okay, I believe that, that they were, a lot of these people were put under a spell, a mm -hmm. spell of like some of the the, the, the Fauci's and the- um, It made them turn their, like literally turn their backs on everything that they were ever taught about viruses. Yes. You can't cheat death. And America had the worst death rate in the entire world and had bigger lockdowns and more hospitalizations, more people went to the hospital, they died there. Yeah, We know that 300,000 people who died in the hospitals Should died yeah. because the hospitals killed them. And I remember talking to nurses and asking them, what are you doing for them? Nothing, nothing. There's and, nothing but, you can do because were, you can't though. fight they a virus. They were doing it. They were putting them on ventilators and they were giving them remdesivir. Yeah, not knowing that this was not a breathing disorder. Right. This was... COVID was an inflammation. It was your body attacking itself. Yes. You needed to be on major anti-inflammatories. And what we have learned, and I'm actually grateful for it, we learned that things like doxycycline, an antibiotic actually has an anti-inflammatory component to it. Yeah. So a lot of people were mixing and maxing medicines and finding out that, hey, if I give you a Z-Pack, azithromycin and a doxycycline, and I gave you some steroids, we can kick this thing. Why is that? Is it because we're attacking a bacteria or is it because there's another mechanism in these antibiotics as an anti-inflammatory? Mm. Okay, and then you mix that in with a little bit of ivermectin and suddenly we know that that is a perfect cocktail to reduce inflammation in the body. Right. Okay, now you can't be on antibiotics your whole life, but you can take ivermectin. And so we learned a lot through this, but they won't talk to you about it. And I guarantee you, when it comes down to it, when it uh, in the future, they will start talking about it. They will. I guarantee you ivermectin is going to be a miracle drug. Oh, it already years. is. I'm going to tell you all something. I can say this because I'm on Brighton. I'm not recommending anything for you guys. Okay? You have to do what you feel is best. I can say that since COVID, I have been taking ivermectin regularly, especially during the months where people are sick. Or when I'm around people. And when I'm around other people who are sick. And I have been around so many sick people lately. And I'm not getting sick. I haven't gotten sick. If you the, In the like two years. Hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin. I'll just let you guys know what we do. If I'm going to be around people, I take an ivermectin. In a large group of people, like a Bard's Fest, I take an ivermectin every day. Yeah. Ivermectin tends to... Um, since it flushes you out as a female, it might flush you out too much. If that, if it's a little too much for you, otherwise you don't feel anything. Uh, hydroxychloroquine, zero side effects for me, none. You don't even know you're taking it. So you can take the hydroxychloroquine when you get around people as a prophylactic. But all of my friends are getting sick. Yeah. Everybody that I know is getting sick 
And I'm always telling them, do you have your ivermectin? No. Mm -hmm. Well, let me tell you where to get it. Buy-pharma.md. Buy-pharma.md. That's where we go and get ours. That's where you can go and get yours. And I'm always telling my friends, well, him and they haul it. It's fine. If you want to be sick for a month, this has been some long illnesses. Mm -hmm. And I know what would kick it. And it's amazing is these people will take antibiotics sooner than they'll take ivermectin. It's weird. Strange. And it's one of the safest things on the planet. What? Well, crazy safer than an antibiotic. Yes. Antibiotics, you know, like antibiotics are really bad bacteria. for kids. Like, they're, yeah. like, they, like autism sometimes happen because an infant gets put on antibiotics because they have a reaction to a vaccine. And the doctor's right. approach to that is to give right. antibiotics. Right. And it's not even so much that the vaccine ends up doing the, the worst of the damage. It's the antibiotics that ruin the child's gut bacteria. Yeah. No, that's true. And, 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 and we're not anti-antibiotics. I don't like them. I don't I don't take them if I unless I absolutely right. have to. Right. But it's so amazing to me how many people are like, oh yeah, I'll go to the doctor, I'll get an antibiotic, but ivermectin. Mm. I think it's just because they haven't heard enough about it. And now you have. Guys, it's literally what's amazing about ivermectin is it is a probiotic. Yes. It is made from a bacteria. Yes. It is a bacteria. And it was found in Japan in the soil of Japan. Right. And this particular doctor in Japan found that this good bacteria started to heal a lot of things. Even there are, are papers that they've it's been used to, to shrink cancer cells. Right. And then another benefit of it is a most... Americans suffer from parasites. They do. They have cancers that have resulted of from parasites. And yeah. A whole host Everybody of needs a parasite cleanse. And ivermectin is a dewormer. It's a parasite cleanse. Yeah. Exactly. Now, uh, again, Leah and I are not doctors. No. We're just telling you what we do and what we have experienced. No. And and actually, uh, Mickey Willis came out with a brand new, um, revamped uh, documentary that I haven't seen yet, but I want to on the war on ivermectin. Yeah. And he found that this would have worked. I know it worked. And I tell you guys the story all the time. My uncle's oxygen was down in the, in the, it was 83. I'm telling you, it was 83. And within a day, it shot up because he got ivermectin. The proper dosage for COVID is different. So there's a 12 milligram tablet you can take for prevention. And then you got to go by your weight if you really have COVID. Which you can find on the FLCCC yeah. website. So he was taking, uh, I think it was, he was recommended to take by a doctor, by the way, an FLCCC doctor, 40 milligrams, Right. 40 milligrams. And that brought him back. And do you know how many stories that we have heard with from people who yeah. have, were brought back from death in the hospital on ventilators just from ivermectin? With the proper dose though. Yes. Some people say, well, it didn't work. No, you have to have the proper dose for your weight. Uh, and there's an active COVID dose. Yeah. And it's, there's a there's a large range on this. And yes. Uh, so I, I recommend you guys. There's a lot of numbers you can call. Go to the FLCCC website and find yourself a doctor, too, if you, if you don't want to call, uh, right. you know, some pharmacy in India. Uh, get a hold of a doctor. There's a lot of places to get these packs. Yeah. And so have it on. So hand. not to pivot here, but we do need to. Maine has taken Trump off of the ballot. The secretary of state who's unelected, by the way. Radical Democrat. Oh, my gosh. I want you guys to hear her reasoning to why she felt it was her constitutional duty mm. to take an insurrectionist off the primary ballot. Oh, my gosh. It's a very detailed decision. Uh, we lay out uh, why under Maine law, the Secretary of State has the authority, indeed the obligation. I'm duty bound to make this determination. Uh, we also, I rather... Um, laid out that the record demonstrates that, in fact, the events of January 6, 2021, which were unprecedented and tragic, uh, were an insurrection uh, in the meaning of Section 3 of the 14th Amendment. And finally, 
uh, in reviewing the facts presented, the evidence, uh, the law, the history. Um, we determined uh, under Section 3 of the 14th Amendment that Mr. Trump engaged in insurrection and therefore was disqualified. Now, I, I, I have to say, not only is this an incredibly important decision, but it's a very brave decision. Uh, the Trump campaign has, has already come out attacking you. Uh, they have said that you are a, a virulent leftist and a hyper-partisan Biden-supporting Democrat. First and foremost, it's important to know, my oath to the Constitution, my obligations to the Constitution and rule of law come before any other consideration. No other factors could weigh on that decision and did not. I'm duty-bound to both hold a hearing and make a ruling. And under the law, there's a very compressed timeline. Uh, in evaluating this, uh, I came to the conclusion that I could not, unfortunately or fortunately, wait for the United States Supreme Court to make a de decision. Uh, the main law required me to issue that decision, which I did today. I smile because we were number one in voter turnout per capita in 2022. We are really proud of that. And we have a really strong framework of election laws that encourage citizen participation. Uh, we have same-day voter registration. We have no excuse absentee voting up to 30 days prior to election day. Uh, we uh, make it really easy to register to vote, to cast your ballot, and know your ballot will be counted. And we're really proud of our national leadership in voter participation and citizen engagement in elections and in the democratic process. Is, were the processes, were these hearings fair? Did they comport with due process? And I think there's a question there with regard to what Maine did. Because if you look at the hearing, and she details this in the, in the ruling, they heard from one fact witness, a law professor. She based her ruling on a lot of documents, but also YouTube clips, news reports, things that would never pass the bar in normal court. She's not a lawyer, by the way. It's a smartly written decision, clearly consulted with lawyers, but this is an unelected. She's chosen by the state legislature. She's elected by the chosen state legislature. By, uh, chosen elected by the legislature, but not democratically elected, not a knock. That's just the way it's set up in Maine. And this hearing, look, it doesn't have to be a criminal trial. We don't have to have all the protections. But I think the argument you'll hear from opponents is, one, not up to the states to do this. This is why we have all different decisions from all different states. And two, the procedures were not up to snuff. Wow. So we do have a CNN uh, uh, <laughs> lawyer weighing in that this will not stand up in court. Um, but the fact that this Secretary of State unilaterally believed that she could do this shows that we are in crazy land. We are in crazy land. This is, we have never been here before. I, no one has ever taken somebody off of the ballot, especially a former president. Um, Nixon resigned and went to you know, went into the ether peacefully. What it what it shows you is that they at this point, they're kind of like children running around like we're getting away from, we're getting away with yeah. it. we're getting away with it. Right. Not that they're going to get away with it in the long run, but right. it's kind of like you know, strike it from the record or something mm -hmm. like that. It doesn't matter once you've said it, right? Once they've done it, then they right. can oh, you know, three states banned Trump. And you know, they're not, it's not just going to be three. Mm -hmm. It's going to go, I, I am going to, can we take predictions? Well, how California, many, how many I don't know how many more at? are left. I don't know how many more are left that, that, really? are, that, that are that crazy because California, I think that there's more left him on the ballot. I'm thinking there's about five more. I think so. No, California didn't. California, I thought California no, took him California off. No, California left him on the ballot. Okay. Who's the third state then? 
Uh, I can't remember right off the I top of my head. I think it's California. No, Cal- I, was, I just read today. California. Okay, fine. But then Scott Kesterson's misinformed. Then he is. Okay. All right, but you know where we can talk about all these things? The Brighteon Network, Brighteon TV, which I absolutely love that we can speak freely right here and say Amen. whatever we want. We love can say it. Trump won. We can say these leftists are crazy. We can say we want the justice of God to strike them dead. So where are you going to go? The Brighteonstore.com. You're going to go to Brighteonstore.com and use promo code CHICKS. Listen. There's stuff that people didn't get you for Christmas and you know you need it and you know you were wanting it and they gave you some extra little cash and you're going to go to Brighteon Store. Get yourself some two salt. Yes. Get yourself some Athazansen. Get the all the- silver mouthwash. That's what our dentist Sherry tells us that we need to be using. Mm-hmm. All the time. That's what you need to use. So you're going to go to BrighteonStore.com, use promo code CHICKS and get all your favorite products and supporting free speech and us being able to bring you this. You know we do this for free. You know, the, 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 this is a network where it doesn't matter. It's not for money. It's just to get the truth out. So don't go anywhere unless you're going to go to thebrighteonstore.com. We'll be right back after these messages. You know, I used to be proud to be from Ohio. Until, you know, we had that big flop in August. We had another loss in uh, November. We fought it, though, and we're still fighting it. Yeah. The uh, the the constitutional amendment. Well, that's what this bill was about. I know this was the called the Safe Act, and I'm going to talk to you guys about something really near and dear to our hearts here in the state of Ohio. But it's become worldwide news. It has. It has. So in uh, in November, Ohioans had on the ballot a bill that would allow abortion up till birth. Now, in the wording of this bill, there was no mention of woman, no mention of mother. It was only, and it was an abortion bill that said any person has a right to reproductive choice. And in doing so, it lowers the age of consent. It also in this bill says that anybody who would try to hinder a person from taking another person, so a second party, taking another person to get an abortion, that's illegal to do. So, for instance, let me give the example. The example would be, let's say, a soccer coach molests a little 12 or 13-year-old. She gets pregnant. Mm -hmm. The soccer coach goes to take the child to get an abortion. The child's father tries to stop said soccer coach. The child's father cannot do that. Yeah, and when it comes to reproductive choices, there's no age. And so this particular bill opens it wide open for any child of any age to do anything. There's no, there's no. Essentially, it would legalize pedophilia. Yes. It legalizes transgender surgeries. It legalizes any child of any age whatsoever without parental consent to chop off any body part. Yes. Any reproductive body part. So uh, the Republican legislature put forth what's called the SAFE Act, and it's protecting uh, uh, women in sports and protecting children. Governor Mike DeWine has vetoed this bill. Now, I want you to hear from him and his words why he felt it was necessary to veto this bill. And we're going to break down these arguments because this is a very nefarious decision on the governor's part because children's lives are on the line and he either is a complicit or he doesn't see. Either way, he's going to hell. I believe so. Let's, I want you to hear what DeWine has to say about this bill. Ultimately, I believe this is about protecting human life. 
Many parents have told me that their child would not have survived, would be dead today, if they had not received the treatment they received from one of Ohio's children's hospitals. I've also been told by those who are now grown adults that but for this care, they would have taken their life when they were teenagers. Parents are making decisions about the most precious thing in their life, their child. And none of us, none of us should underestimate the gravity and difficulty of those decisions. These are gut-wrenching decisions. These are gut-wrenching decisions that should be made by parents and should be informed by teams of doctors who are advising them. These are parents who have watched their child suffer, sometimes for years, and who have real concerns that their child may not survive to reach adulthood. While the child's care team informs their decisions, it is the parents who are living with that child who know their child better than anyone else in the world does. Were I to sign House Bill 68, or were House Bill 68 to become law, Ohio would be saying that the state, that the government, knows better what is medically best for a child than the two people who love that child the most, the parents. Therefore, I cannot sign this bill as it is currently written. And just a few minutes ago, I vetoed the bill. This mm. man, there is a hot, hot place in hell reserved just for him. Mm. The lies that just came out of his mouth Absolute over this. Lies. Oh, my God. Children, here's the thing. They have no idea their children would have committed suicide. You know what? When we were at the, and people, I was arguing with people on Twitter today. We were at the Ohio Revival in September. And a, a young woman in her early 20s came up to us. And she had had a double mastectomy. She has to shave now and her voice is deepened. And she doesn't know if she can have children. Because as a minor, they cut her breasts off. They gave her male hormones that, and she has a receding hairline. She doesn't have any hair left, really. And they destroyed her body. They, they don't, they're not letting little girls know what is happening this to them. This is what it is, is it's not informed consent. Absolutely, because you can't be informed of something that you are going to lose if you've never had it. It, it is, how do you explain to a, a 10 or 12-year-old that you might want to breastfeed one day. They're going to say, ooh, that's weird. That's or gross. Or that maybe don't you, think about you it. don't want to be go bald. Yeah. Even men don't want to go bald. This could, uh, this could, the, 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 here's the thing. Or maybe you one day will decide you don't want to have facial hair on yeah. your face. Exactly. And you're going to shave for the rest of your life. Are you sure you want to shave for the rest of your life? Are you sure? And the, this is a very sticky world because the numbers are all over the place. But so far, what I've seen is 80 to 85% of these kids actually, if left to go through puberty, would stay with their original gender because they'll, what happens is you go through the process. You have the hormones, you have 
everything intact. And then if you're an adult and you think about cutting a body part off, then I need to talk to your doctor because no doctor is going to cut a healthy body part off. We're in very insane territory and it, and it breaks my spirit that a Republican governor of a state would say that there are children stuck in the wrong body. A Republican Christian Catholic governor. Hey, I don't think this man is supposedly Catholic and he should not be receiving at communion oh, because he has just committed an unpardonable, in my book, sin. Yes. As the governor of the state of Ohio, he has condemned thousands of children to having their genitals mutilated to sexual slavery is what I'm going to call it. This is by far one of the absolute most satanic worst decisions that a governor of any state in this nation has ever made besides say that slavery is legal. So what we're going to do right now is, Father God, we just thank you that justice is going to be done in this situation, that justice is going to come on the head of Mike DeWine, and that this decision is going to have to somehow yes, be reversed Lord. in the name of Jesus. And the same constitutional amendment that passed in November did not actually pass in the name of Jesus. And we are going to reverse the curses that have been spoken over the state of Ohio in the name of Jesus. And those curses that they have tried to speak on us are going to fall back on them in the name of Jesus. These people are going to have yes. millstones tied around their neck and heaven Millstone, millstones for when they meet their maker. Heaven help them when you meet your maker, because if you can't see between right and wrong on this, you can't see right and wrong on anything. anything. Okay. We met Chloe Cole. They cut off her chest. She's now continually bleeding all the time, all the time. Her voice is permanently lowered. She doesn't know if she can have kids. They stole her breasts from her. They are taking little boys and cutting their genitals. Look at Jazz Jennings. But you can't decide that you don't want to go to public school. You oh, can't yeah. decide whether you get a tattoo or not. Oh, you can't yeah. decide to smoke or oh, to drink. Yeah. But somehow oh, yeah. you can decide to have your body parts cut off. No, you actually can't make that decision, which means anybody that did that to you has assaulted it, exactly. you. Exactly. You cannot make that decision. Hand. Exactly. These parents that are there told, are people that need to go to jail. These parents are told by medical professionals that their kids will commit suicide. No, I was praying today. You are made in the image of God. Your body is a re reflection of the Holy Spirit. And what we need is as professionals and non-professionals and parents and teachers and, and, and whoever to sit down and say, no, you're not in the wrong body. Something else is wrong. It's society. You're caught up in a system. It's this technology and it's got to come down in Jesus name. Amen. It does. All right. Speaking about crazy, unprecedented things, we're going to move on here. We're going to talk more about this uh, later. Uh, the unprecedented migrant influx. I don't normally cover it. They seem to keep coming over and coming over. And it's kind of one of those things where it's a story that is an ongoing story. And at some point, it seems to be a non-story. But actually, it's a, it's a huge story. Because the influx of migrants is beyond number, the, the numbers are incredibly unprecedented. And I'm gonna play these numbers here for you in, in a second. But what's interesting is you've got these Democrat mayors again, and we're gonna keep covering them. They can't handle uh, the influx of migrants. I just watched a video with this, that, and I don't know how much of this is true or not. The mayor of Denver says that every single hotel is filled with migrants. Oh my gosh. And I don't, under, he says that's not sustainable. That's hard for me to picture and imagine. Either he's lying, or something else is afoot here. But I will say this, they can't all stay in Texas. So what's your plan? 
Okay, what's your plan? Other states haven't made themselves uh, uh, sanctuary cities. And I'm going to play a clip for you where you've got somebody from San Francisco saying, so the Denver and Chicago and New York are upset that Texas is busing migrants into their cities. But guess what? San Francisco is having the federal government bus migrants. The federal government is busing migrants. The federal government is flying migrants, okay? So if you want to have a, you want to take up a beef with somebody, it's that border. What's hilarious to me is you've got a Chicago, Mayor Chicago wants to say that their border, the border's kind of closed, stop bringing them in. Well, guess what? They're busing them in from the border. The Mayor of Chicago doesn't want them bust into the city. Well, guess what? Texas doesn't want them bust to the border. Let's roll this. We're seeing of the erosion of the quality of life that we've improved on in such a short period of time of this administration. And we have been impacted. Uh, for, for many uh, months, we were able to keep the visualization of this crisis from hitting our streets, but we have reached a breaking point. We're no longer able to do that because of the volume and numbers. Just last week, we had 3,900 people that arrived here. We are averaging anywhere from 2,500 to close to 4,000 a week. And if you do the math, you see that's 8,000 every two weeks, potentially 16,000 a month that we must feed, clothe, house, educate children, and all the services that you would give a normal adult. And we're seeing that play out on our streets of New York. And that is what the breaking point looks like, what we are experiencing right now. Biden's border crisis setting a sad and scary all-time record. A stunning 276,000 migrant encounters in the month of December alone. The most ever for a single month, and we still have a few days to count. Uh, San Diego facing its own migrant crisis. Take a look at these numbers. 62,000 migrants have been dropped off in the last three months, while 1,500 arrived just this past weekend. It's a never-ending wave of humanity. San Diego County Supervisor Jim Desmond joins me this morning. Jim, thank you for being here. Let me ask you about San Diego. Can your city handle this influx of migrants? Well, it's the city and the entire county of San Diego, and, and the answer is no. Mm. And, it, you know, I really think it's ironic that, you know, the mayors of Chicago and, and uh, New York and Denver uh, all blame, you know, the state of Texas when it's it's the border itself. And here in San Diego County, it's the federal government that is dropping people here at, at, a, re, at a parking lot, basically. And then these people are being helped by our nonprofits who are funded by county and local taxpayer dollars and to the tune of over a million dollars a month. And that could be money spent Ugh. on our roads and our infrastructure, and it's and the money's coming out of the out of a pot that's supposed to be dealing with our homelessness and housing issues. So the, you know, you look at why we can't fix our our homeless issues. We're taking money out of there mm. to help the migrants to get them on their way, but it's the federal government that's actually doing it to us here in San Diego County. Another thing is these crowds here in Eagle Pass have never been this large during my reporting. This is the most people I've ever seen in Eagle Pass and other reporters, colleagues working other parts of the border in Arizona, in Hakumba near San Diego, tell me the same thing. We have these conversations and the conversation is always, well, I've never seen this number of migrants arriving. And we know from the reports coming from the government with these numbers, so we have the number of apprehensions, the numbers of encounters, everything spiking. So we don't know what this will mean moving forward. We just know that the numbers are much larger as the resources are spread thin. 
the migrants have always been crossing my entire life, but now this is, this is something different. And what we've been seeing is it's very disturbing to me. I started first noticing groups of maybe 20, 30 at a time. Now we're talking in the thousands at over a thousand a day coming through our property. We see it. It begs the question why? Well, Corey, our friend Corey Gray is from Nicaragua, and he says that there are signs saying, come to America, come to America. They want you in America. And you call a number and they will get you into America. Now, I believe, in my opinion, from what I'm seeing now, and, and I could be wrong, but the basis of this is that it's very lucrative. Okay. And it's, a, it, it's, it's become so lucrative that other people are, it's like the gangs breaking into cars and I could follow that, and I think that there is an element to it. Don't get me wrong. It's, However, I this is my humble opinion. If the Biden administration did not want them coming, they could stop it. And oh, they absolutely. Would. No, no, no. So it's not could. just about it being no, lucrative the border is open, for but, the traffickers. But the people, the traffickers, the traffickers need an open border. But right. people have to want to come. These people are individual people with souls making a decision to go to America. Why are they making the decision to go to America? Because the traffickers are, are finding that it's very lucrative and it's open. It's like, oh, there's a car down the street, guys, and there's cash in it. And anybody, if they want, can just go in and grab the cash. And that's what's happening. Okay? you. It, this is a big, giant business. and But begs the question, why does the Biden administration want them to come? And they are telling them to come. Right. The, the traffickers are telling them to come. In huge numbers, it's it's out of control. It's out of control. You know, I've got something I thought this was a, you know, we do a lot of crazy news. A lot of it is um, it's hard to to stomach. It's hard to get over some of the the more intense things. But I found this video, and I saw Mission Impossible once where uh, Tom Cruise was wearing this mask. Oh yeah, looked, yeah, yeah. And I know in Hollywood that that was a fake mask. Like it was fake. Like it was a different actor. But the CIA went to Hollywood and said, look, we've come up with a, a incredibly realistic max. And I just, I want you to see this. The mask is the culmination of a lot of work that we did at CIA over a period of, I'd say 10 years, developing that technology. It was a big challenge to come up with something that finally actually animated and worked to really fool a person closer than three, four feet from you. But we did. They learned the art. We actually brought Hollywood back into our labs at one point to look at what we had done. And they were stunned. They're absolutely stunned. Congratulations. The fact that we're allowed to show it tells me the CIA had moved on. I don't know what they're doing. I shouldn't know. I'm dying to know, but I don't know. Relax. You'll get to see it all later on. So I'm proud to show people how good we got to that point and let them imagine so what are they doing now? Jana Mendez retired from the CIA as chief of disguise after more than 25 years with the agency. When she left in 1993, the masks they were making could not be detected in a face-to-face -face conversation. These declassified photos show Mendez in disguise while meeting with President Bush in the early 90s. Although she was there to brief the president on the new CIA disguise program, nobody in the room knew she was wearing a mask until she removed it. Imagine the advances that have been made in the last 30 years. So is Biden really Biden? Oh my gosh, Leah. 
That's the question. It is. That is the question. Is Biden really Biden? That that's way back in the early nineties, late eighties, yeah. early nineties. Mm-hmm. They could do realistic masks that up close. You couldn't tell. Right within three or four feet, you couldn't tell that person was wearing masks. Oh dear! Hair and everything. Oh my gosh! You know, one of Savon wears one. Yeah, he does. But you can tell. Yeah, his is so fake. It's so fake. Yeah, he has not. He has not got the James I feel Bond like, mask. Yeah, he needs a better one. All right, I want to leave you guys with uh, one more video that from the archives, and this is Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer talking about how they how they got Trump. Government shutdown, the first time, and Nancy said something to him about he didn't understand about women. So, what? Chuck was masterful. Well, he was masterful. She set him up so I could go in for the kill. No, but he was masterful. He's talking to him about. The government shut down about um, immigrants and the rest. And he says, I'll take ownership of the shutdown. So, Mr. President, you'll own, will you own the shutdown? Yes, I will. And that was, oh, thank you very much. There are a series of moments that you saw firsthand. There's the clap, there's tearing up the speech, and then there is the famous picture. It's the meeting in the cabinet room where you stood up and, uh, and confronted. Looking back at those moments, what was going through said, your mind? I said, he doesn't stand a chance. <laughs> Is that not the I weirdest thing? That's so strange. She's just shoveling food in her mouth, and he's like eating, and they're like wickedly, creepily laughing. I'm so, having, okay, so. Oh my God. There's, there's that corner of hell I talked about for Mike DeWine. There's little cages there for Nancy and Schumer, I'm convinced. Right there with him. They're, yeah. like, they're, they're possessed by demons, I think. Oh, yeah. Multiple. I am legion is what I would expect to come out of Nancy Pelosi. <sighs> yes, absolutely. You know, like poltergeist. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Get and then these demons kind of like, water on kind of like ice cream. Like she's got that obsession with ice cream. I think it's the the demon, kind of like a tapeworm in her. It's got an ice cream obsession. You know she's what got I mean? a demon tapeworm. She has a demon tapeworm. We just rebuke that in the name of Jesus. Yes, absolutely. Okay, so here's the deal. And I forgot to tell the producers. I don't know if they can pull this up from last week, even though I didn't tell them to be prepared. But um, you don't have to if you don't. We, we're getting ready to close off, so don't even pull it up. But I'm going to tell you guys. We are doing a revival. Go to resistancechicks.com January 13th and click on the banner that says Dan Patch Revival. January 13th in Oxford, Indiana. We want you guys to join us. We're going to start at 5 p.m. and we're going to go until all night long. If you need a touch of God, if you need a move of God, I want you guys to come and join us there. And all of the information is there on resistancechicks.com. There's the banner right there, the Dan, Dan Patch Revival. Come and join us. And remember, guys, we love you. God loves you. God bless. And it's not just a conspiracy theory. If it's actually the truth. The CIA makes realistic math. They do. They make those. I knew it. I've been saying it this whole time. Huge shout out to the Bright Ant producers. They're phenomenal and we love them so much. We'll see you guys next time right here. Happy New Year. And Happy New Year from ResistanceChicks.com and Brighteon TV. All right. Hey guys, welcome back to Resistance Chicks. We're your hosts, Leah and Michelle. I want to make sure that the mic was actually on. Okay. Last week there was no mic or at one of our episodes they were like, there's no volume. No volume. Okay, so welcome back to Headline News with Resistance Chicks. We're your hosts, Leah and Michelle. It's Friday, which means we're going to bring you this week's top news stories and also it's december 29th which means we're going to bring you this year's top stories you texted me last night you're like hey 
what are some stories? And I was like, I'm gonna come up with some really great ones. And then you sent a big message. This chair's shrinking. I'm the incredible shrinking person. You sent this really great message and I was like, I got nothing. Did you find enough? Actually, without my help. Actually, we were going to really do a rundown more a world news on Sunday. Okay. Uh, tonight we're going to do the Festivus, the roundup with Red the Paul. The pork, the pork and spending. Exactly, and and we have some some things in store for you guys tonight. Have uh, we got a show for? But I do, you? I, I do look forward to our our year end roundup show, which will probably be New Year's Day, and we'll we'll do a countdown then. New Year's uh, Day, we're coming here. Like we're going to do a special show. Yeah, like our Christmas special. We're going to do a special show. Yeah, I think so. Look forward to that. Yeah. Not at midnight. You know what? We should get Scott Kesterson on for some of it. Okay. The, oh, I'm going to send him that face you made. Oh, that was my thinking <laughs> face. That was my thinking face on how I would rework my show. But yeah, no, no I just need some reactions to like earlier a minute ago, you had the, the Chinese spy balloon up there. Mm -hmm. You know, like oh, kind of now, like months later, what are some reactions to some of these wild and insane no, things that have bringing, happened this year? Bringing, bringing him in would be great to, to round out the top 10 or top and get the Kansas Cowboy stories. on. You know, we're going to have our extra mic by then. Okay, great. So we can have that. We can set it up. We can have the Kansas Cowboy here. I think really it would awesome. be great to have a rundown of stories um, this this year. You know, they arrested Donald Trump, Steve Bannon, General <laughs> Flynn, Rudy Giuliani, Peter laughing. Navarro, and Roger Stone. They removed Trump from the ballot in two states and are working to expand it to as many states as possible. They changed the voting laws and are importing an, enti importing an entirely new electorate. They colluded with big tech and, and intel agencies to censor damaging stories. And this is what they call, and they call us a threat to democracy. We just sit here on my little microphone. I'm just trying to talk to y'all people about some stuff. And we're a threat I'm to democ threat. democracy. Demo democratic is what we're a threat to. <laughs> we oh, that's are, good. We're a threat to your democrat -see. We are republic I don't want to say Republicans anymore. Do better. I Try harder. It's got to be somebody else. But I don't want to be called a Republican anymore. So before anymore. I forget. Yeah. I have to do this. This is um, really, really, really special. Yeah. And I had forgotten the other day mm -hmm. about this. And then I felt really bad. Um... So one of our viewers, um, Erica, had sent me a message a while ago oh, asking that's for a right. Founder's Bible. Right, right, right. And it was right after Bard's Fest. Okay. And Scott says, she's from Canada, by mm -hmm. the way, Erica. Mm -hmm. I'm sending her a Founder's Bible. Mm -hmm. Scott says, I'm paying for it. I think mm -hmm. we all signed it, even mm -hmm. Scott, because he was here at our house. And he mm -hmm. signed it. And I was able to send it to her to some post office box FedEx thing or whatever mm. in Michigan. She could just drive across the border, whatever. So I get the most adorable email and I'm just going to read the whole thing. Okay. From her son. She's a single mom. She's got sons that are like our age. And, um, and so I just want to read this because it is the most, I love this. This is how much this, this young man, Tyler loves his mom. He says, good morning, sisters. I'm sending this email in hopes of arranging some sort of Christmas greeting for my mother, who is a big fan of your beliefs and podcast. Her name is Erica, and we live in Windsor, Ontario. I just watched her send mail out her send send and mail out a Christmas card to you, and that's just the type of kind, thoughtful person she is. She's always been my biggest supporter. And since I abruptly lost my job a month ago, she's kicked it into another gear as far as help and support. Um, so he says, 
I was hoping that this year for Christmas that you would be able to help out with any sort of personalized greeting or holiday wish. I love her so much and there's no doubt her heart is bigger than anyone you've ever met. Just a kind, selfless lady who promotes healthy and pure life standards. I am a podcast listener myself and I know the bond that can be formed with shows like yours, like friends we haven't met. Merry Christmas to you and yours in hopes this reaches you on time for a small shout out on the next pod or perhaps a personalized greeting that will make this Christmas extra special for us. Thanks for your time, Tyler. I didn't know that that was uh, the the Canadian Bible lady's son. Yes. I didn't put two and two together. Okay. And so normally I wouldn't read the whole message and I would just go and just do a shout out. But it was so beautiful. He doesn't listen to our show. He doesn't watch our show. But he listens to podcasts. I like what he said. She she aligns with your beliefs. Exactly. I thought that that was just a very interesting so, way of putting it. And honestly, Tyler, uh, you have a very uh, blessed mother because I do not know many sons who talk about their moms in that way. And just your message warmed my heart and made yes. and actually gave me hope for humanity. <laughs> it gave me hope for humanity for this son ever. who loves his mom oh so much, and she's like the best person ever, and I love her. And all I want is for you to say Merry Christmas to Erica. And so Merry Christmas, Erica. <laughs> Merry Christmas, Merry Erica. Christmas, and thank you for raising such a great son. <laughs> I love this it. A, yes, this is a beautiful message, and you're just gonna bring tears to everybody's eyes. This oh is so wonderful. my gosh! You obviously did a Great you job, Erica. You've done a phenomenal you did a job. Great job. And well you know, I done. messaged him back and I told I didn't tell him I was gonna do this, but um I messaged him back and I said, you know, we have a single mom <laughs> who raised us, and I, I get the bond of a single mom and and her children. I do. Right? There's yeah. something that's I think about Leah and Kim from Bards Fest, who mm. who's part of our, our little girls, and uh and the bond that is there because uh her mom is a single mom. There's just something that's so special about that and I think yeah. it's because of the grace of God yeah you know and sometimes just a really a really amazing unit gets formed there when you have a single mom that goes that lasts into adulthood mm-hmm. by the way and you know what else I said what this is really important I want y'all to hear me on this we're going into 2024 and this year is gonna be something something okay I'm about to tell y'all it's gonna be something, something. like you need to be ready for whatever red day and I was writing our Christmas letter this year, mm-hmm. just yesterday. I finally finished it. It's very, very late, but it's a year end, so it's kind of like a New Year Christmas thing. It's totally fine. So it's going to go out this week. Um, and I kind of used it as an opportunity to, to prepare people yes, for what's did. coming. And I'm like, get out of the city. Get out. What I didn't say, and this goes to Tyler and his mom, Erica, mm-hmm. okay? I don't know that they live together or anything like that, but clearly they're they're tight. New, right tight, now they are. Tight. It knit. sounded like It sounded was. like that, right? Yeah. So I'm, I'm going with that because that's what it sounded like. Mm-hmm. I am so sick and tired of a society that says kids need to move out right away and, and stay separated from their parents. What this does is it, it creates a completely unnatural society mm-hmm. of little individual pods mm-hmm. where you go back to the Waltons and 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 grandma and grandpa were there. I know mm-hmm. they were called something else. Mm-hmm. And the whole family's there for multi-generations. And, and parents kind of make fun of their kids all coming back and moving back into their house. You know, a lot of times they actually really like it. Yeah, it's an inconvenience. And yeah, it's annoying that you're raising your kids in a way that they wouldn't be raising your kids and it's not going out that great. 
But if you can do it right, if you can do it on a homestead and you can get in a flow of, you know what, we're all choosing to seek God together, mm -hmm. okay? Multi-generational living is where it's at. And I'm telling you, moving forward, if you can do that, yeah. you will be more prepared than most people. Multi-generational You know living. what's interesting is that Mike Cernovich just made a tweet about this about, uh, I think it was last, a couple of days ago, where he said it's such a boomer thing to do to kick your, uh, to kick your kids out. And I'm going to see if I can find this because... Uh, Let's like, I get if your kids that. are completely lazy and they're sitting at home just playing video games. That's says, different. My children will live at home as long as they like. The rat race is stupid. They'll have to be useful and have purpose. Otherwise, they'll be drug addicts or lowlifes. But that uh, but that boomer blank or kicking them out, nah. And uh, you just have a lot of different people uh, res responding. Somebody says, can you expand on useful and a purpose? And he says, no. <laughs> no. No. Uh, saying useful, somebody says, like I just said, not just sitting around like yeah. mooching off of your parents. And you know what else I said to this uh, young man, Tyler? I'm saying young man, he's like my age. Is I, I'm praying that he doesn't just find a job, yeah, but that he finds the call of God in his life. Somebody says that's that's what yes, I would say. Amen. My definition yeah. of useful and purpose is fulfilling the call of God on your life. It's not a job. Somebody says, I'm already saving money for my kids to have cash on hand when they are 18. I'm going to give them as many safety nets as I can. We'll never understand why my parents didn't set any money aside for me when I was young. Won't see a dime from them after they are gone. I will start a tradition of generational wealth for my family. So uh, what What my mom, my mom has done a, a, a several blogs uh, this week. And you guys should check them out. One of them is when, you know, she, she, she threw me for a loop. She's like, we just watched This is a Wonderful Life, and I thought she was going to give some sort of sappy. Oh, such great um, movie. Yeah, She's like, it's she, propaganda. It's propaganda for the, the banks. Bankers. And she says, if you notice, it's about people living in town. They're off the farms, and they need the banks, and they need to rent. And she's like, no, no, no. 18 to 20 years old, you're, you should be uh, build a young man should be building a house yeah. and so that when he's ready, he can be married and move right into it. You know, Matt did that. He had his whole house. He lived with his parents. He built an entire house. It was paid off. He had four rentals. Uh, three of them were paid off. He had like five cards paid off. That is the way to go. And so you can literally start life. And, um, so I really truly believe we need to make, we need to start making new traditions of, Kids need houses. Mm -hmm. They're not supposed to get these. The idea of taking out a $200,000 loan on top of a $200,000 loan for a school is insane when you should be able to just build a house. And this is a bonding moment. And the Amish do this. Our, our Amish bought property. Mm -hmm. Now, unfortunately, the dad was killed in a buggy accident. You guys know about that. It's about 126 acres. Uh, and, and with the intent that the children would always be able to build a house and live with their families on that property. The and they would work the farm together. And as they would build wealth, I'm sure they would buy more property for then their family could then, you know... You know, we are doing everything we're doing wrong. wrong. Family needs to work together. I'm telling you, um, people think it's weird that Michelle and I live together. It is weird. Okay, it's, it's very weird, but, and I recognize that. However, I have single friends who live by themselves and, and life, life is, is incredibly so hard. hard. And I tell you what, you can have a roommate 
And that's fine, but you may not, you're not going to get along like you do with family. What did our friend Caitlin send us in a message this She week? just wants a partner She's in like, life. I, you know what? I don't even just need to get married. I would just love to have somebody who eats the way that I do, that wants to live the way that I do, that wants to help out with the farming and the gardening. I would just love a partner, just but somebody to do it with. you know what with. she said? She said, oh, I look around and I think I have it. Yeah. If you look around, you're going to have it. She said it's not perfect. She's got perfect. her grandparents. She's got and her, her grandparents her and her mom and her dad, and they all add a little bit in into the situation. Perfection. It's not perfect, and it's not going to be perfect because we're not in a perfect society. But if you do want to farm and you do want, ask the Holy Spirit to bring the right people into your life so that you can do it together. I think Amen. about the Taylors. They got you know four kids and a mom and a dad. Yeah, the sky's the limit with that. I think Mark Baker, his whole family. I mean, they are unstoppable. And we and need to make the, unstoppable families so great again. I'm getting, we're getting pictures sent to us from Scott Kesterson because they're working on the barn church there uh, with oh, the cantrails. Oh, wow. Wow, that's awesome. So um, let me let me go back here and see if I can pull these up. Okay, so so they they start here. They're getting ready to clean out the barn. Okay, mm -hmm. then they there's a video that's sent of the kids actually working and doing all stuff. right, all right. Clean That's what I'm going to talk it about. Okay, clean. So cleaning then, things out, working hard. Then there's the, this is really tragic. The bear that got into his beehives. Oh, that's just mm -hmm. so devastating. Um, and then he had a new baby calf, the twelfth. This is the twelfth calf the that 12th dropped. Day of Christmas. Um, God gave okay, so me. now they're hanging lights and they're pressure washing. I know the lights are shining on that. Oh, I got pressure it. washing the barn church. Cool. So here's a picture of them pressure washing the barn church right there. Okay, so are they gonna my, have chickens in this church? They're gonna get chickens, yes. So my point is that the Cantrells are there and they're gonna get chickens Learning. soon. They're getting horses literally in like a few weeks. That's happening. Do they have one picked out? The, they're so the place that Scott went in Montana for that guy where he did the little ride mm -hmm. thing, the guy is bringing five horses down to Scott. Two of them are no. pregnant. You knew no. about this. Yes. No, I didn't know. No, I yes, heard I that told we had, you about this. No, you did not tell me. This I have is breaking told news. you so much. You have mom not knows told about me. it. I do not know. Patriot Gallery knows about it. I'm not mom. <laughs> okay, the horses are coming. And two no, uh, of five the horses, horses are, are coming? Yeah, I, I am so excited right now. The horses are coming. I am so freaking so, excited. And he has stalls. He has no, a horse barn and everything. He's Where's, got three stalls. I haven't stalls. seen pictures of that. Yeah. But why are we bringing five if we only have three stalls? Well, it doesn't matter. You don't need a stall for every horse. Are they going to be fenced in with the cows? Yes. Whoa. Now, two of them are pregnant. Whoa. I think one or two of them are pregnant. And so he's gonna Scott have is going to. So the guy's going to. At some foals? point, he's foals. At some point, the guy's going to take three of them back, but two of them Scott gets to keep for good, for good. Like so the, he's the, like the picking, foal and another pick one. pick through them. Like, I don't know see how they bond. We'll ask him if we have them on our show for New Can Year's. they come here now? The horses? Can we have the others? <laughs> Can we have the others? <laughs> Can we split them? I'm ready. We recognize that a, a cow or a horse fits in our. Totally. We had Coy Griffin's does. horse back in our pig pen. Red was his name. Red. Yes. We'll make it happen. We can do it. So so instead of Scott coming out next time on his Jeep, he's going to have to just ride, his, ride a horse or something. Well, we have a horse cattle trailer. So Scott's not here. I have to remind you guys of something. I need horses. He's not here right now. Horses, so, horses, horses, horses. Uh, it, Scott's birthday is... Uh, the 11th. The 11th. And they are organizing a, a card. card thing. So I have the address. And I meant to put this in the description the other day. And I didn't. And I apologize. Um, but I have it from Nikki. Okay. So it is. Nope. That's the wrong address. Here we go. 
So if you want to send Scott a card for his birthday, you can send it to his P.O. box. Hang on. Okay, it's 780 Northwest Garden Valley Boulevard. Isn't that cute? Oh, no way. Number 64, box 133, Roseburg, Oregon, 97471. Now you can stop the video, rewind, and write that down, or you can wait until after the show. I will promise you to put that in the description. Okay, so you can send him a birthday card. All right, so let's air some grievances. I'm so ready. Now, I never watched Seinfeld. We weren't allowed to watch it. Kind of dirty show, but Rand Paul always brings up the the fact that they had their air, the Festivus, which is the airing of grievances. And so he does this thing every year where he talks about the wasteful spending and it calls it Festivus. So Rand Paul has posted his ninth annual online salute to government waste as part of today's Festivus celebration. His Festivus report airs his grievances about an alleged whopping $900 billion in waste. We're talking $1 trillion. Festivus, for the uninitiated, was a non-commercial holiday made up by Frank uh, Costanza. I don't know. Sorry, I don't know how to say it. I didn't watch. Jerry Stiller on the classic Seinfeld sitcom. Each December 23rd, Costanza, rejecting the crass commercialism that has built up around the Christmas holiday, opted for a Festivus dinner an unadorned aluminum pole as a substitute Christmas totem and the annual area of grievances followed by the feats of strength. The episode refers to the holiday as a festivus for the rest of us and quickly became part of the cultural zygast. Uh, Paul took up Costanza's rejection of the status quo in his annual message deriding government waste. Senator, uh, it's 2022 grievances, and, and we're gonna, I'm going to go to his whole report here, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring it up. But, Michelle, if you have the video that I get, I sent to you, I'd love for, to play that in, in a moment. The one I downloaded? Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. So, happy Festivus. This is from uh, Rand Paul. Dr. Rand Paul, by the way. I know. I love it. Uh, how is 2023 already coming to a close? What a year it's been. Twitter is now X. What we thought were UFOs were actually Chinese spy balloons. Barbie battled Oppenheimer at the bo- box office, and a missing F-35 uh, jet flew over 60 miles without a pilot. It's safe to say that some big changes have occurred since last year's Festivus report. Last Festivus, we lamented over the national debt reaching an astronomical $30 trillion. Shockingly, in one short year, the career politicians and bureaucrats in Washington have managed to approach $34 trillion in debt without so much as a second thought. Who's to blame for our crushing level of debt? Everybody. This year, members of both parties in Congress voted to raise the debt ceiling, which empowered the government to borrow an unlimited amount of money until 2024. As Congress spends to reward its favorite industries and pet projects, the American taxpayers are forced to pay the price through record high inflation and crippling interest rates. The same big spenders teamed up yet again to continue sending America's hard-earned money to foreign countries and funding endless wars, all while ignoring, ignoring our poorest southern border. And our mountain of debt will continue to pile ever higher. The Congressional Budget Office predicts we will add an average to true tri- $2 trillion in debt annually for the next decade. The U.S. government will add over $5 billion of debt every single day for the next 10 years. We borrow over $200 million every hour. We borrow $3 oh million every minute. And we borrow wow. 60000 every second. This year, I am highlighting a whopping $900 billion. Why nine? Okay, almost a trillion dollars. Nine hundred billion thousand. No, 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 just nine hundred billion. Is it nine hundred billion? Nine hundred billion. Nine hundred billion, and then you get to oh, one waste. trillion. Okay, yeah. And these are numbers we didn't learn in school. They're okay. too big. Uh, including an NIH grant to study Russian cats walking on a treadmill. Get out of town. 
Barbies used as proof of ID for receiving COVID paycheck prote protection program funds. No way. How is that possible? Six million to promote tourism in Egypt and 200 million to struggling artists like Post Malone. No. Chris uh, Brown and Lil Wayne. What? They get money? No matter how much money the government has already wasted, politicians keep demanding even more. As always, taking the path to physical responsibility is often a lonely journey. But as I've done in years past, I will continue to fight my fight against government waste this holiday season. So before we get to the feats of strength, it's it's time for airing of spending grievances. I have a lot of problems with federal spending, and let's hear about them. Okay. Barbie doll photo used to get covid PPP funds. In the red, interest on our national debt is an expense, $659 billion. Dr. Fauci's monkey business on the NHI's, uh, NIH's Monkey Island, $33,000. The no, USA. No, 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 no. You're reading those what? numbers. Sorry, That's $33 million. $200,000. Thank you. There was an extra. So, set so of... when you went back, it was $659 billion? That's what, billion. Right. So then. Interest on our debt. That's the interest on the debt. Yeah, the USAID fund to boost Egyptian tourism, $6 million. I didn't know we were doing that. I didn't know we were designed to boost Egyptian tourism. No, we shouldn't be. Are we, why, are we, why are we doing that? Why are we bo boosting? Why are we paying millions of dollars to boost Egyptian tourism? This is more like one of Hunter Biden's paintings. I think there's a little something-something going the on The USDA is cutting-edge research, walking dogs in the summer. It's an unknown amount. Well, I can tell you that's good for you. For free. That's for free, free, free. Uh, DHS training employees to be their authentic and best selves. An unknown amount. Uh, Russian cats on a treadmill studies funded by the NIH. 200, 200, excuse me, 2,700,000. The government pays dead people again. $38 million. So the Department of, uh, they have a lobster tank? So that's $8, relatively little. $8,000. But they have the a DOD's lobster The Department lobster of Defense tank. has a lobster tank. No way. They're in Red Lobster. How to ruin expensive military equipment, part one, engines. $89 million. Uh, transmissions. 12,600,000. Tank treads. 68 million. Real fake, the DHS first graphic novel about disinformation. Unknown amount. The DHS second graphic novel, COVID disinformation. So just for any, that's an unknown amount. For anybody that doesn't know what a graphic novel is. It's just a. It's a comic book. A comic book. It's a comic book. So we have meth head monkeys. $12 million. That's sad. The Treasury's pot of cash for political campaigns. $400 million. Monkey casino gambling for drinking water. Get out. $300 million, excuse me, $3,700,000. All right. Uh, is, uh, what is the SBA's? Ticket to backstage. I have no idea, but whatever it is, it's $200 million. Hmm. What is the SBA? So let's go down. Let's go through a few of these. All right. The faces of Barbie's dream world played a role in the fiscal nightmare that was COVID-19 spending. Government spending was already out of control when co Congress approved $800 billion in COVID payment protection program. I hate that, the PPPs. Makes you have to go to the bathroom. As federal agencies hustled to Makes you have to go to the bathroom. PPPs. <laughs> Okay, I wasn't <laughs> listening. I was busy I figuring out what, what was happening with these. So people tried to get COVID funds and they needed to upload a picture. So they took a photo of a Barbie doll. <laughs> yes. And they got money from yes. it. Yes. No. Ha! 
Oh Get out of my town. gosh. Oh it says, my what gosh. was supposed to be an AI system to verify proof of identity quickly exposed the stupidity of the program. The verification system did not catch the images of dolls uploaded by fraudsters and somehow the Small Business Administration carelessly approved the applicants from Toyland and sent out improper COVID-19 PPP payments. Oh my gosh. Well, we can skip that. Let's skip the billion. We know that we know the interest rates is crazy. All right. But Dr. Funky's monkey, monkey business, $33 million. What's known to South Carolina locals as Monkey Island is Dr. Fauci's 3,000 monkey colony raised on a state-owned island. The National Institute of Health signed a $33 million contract with a local business to house, feed, and care for these monkeys before they're shipped to research labs across no, the country. No, this should be shut down yesterday. The federal government established the colony in the late uh, 70s, though the multi-million dollar contract to care for the monkeys changed hands a few times. The NIH also paid millions to a large pharmaceutical company to maintain Dr. Fauci's Monkey Island. That is thirty-three billion. Still that, wait, at whoa, whoa, whoa. the experimenting on animal you guys, stage. Like, why is that you guys, not illegal? That's thirty-three billion million. Thirty-three million a year. I know. On these, just these, on these monkeys. Yes. Thirty-three million. But I'm, I'm at the cruelty to animal thing. I am too. But thirty-three million. Okay, here we go. Care to float in a hot air balloon around Egyptian ruins or travel down the Nile on a royal Cleopatra Nile cruise? Maybe touring the Temple of Kunum. Or seeing an 1897 oil press is more your style. If so, Esna, Egypt might be the perfect spot for your next vacation. So here we have the U.S. has spent over $100 million on Egyptian tourism so far. So $6 million this year. When you walk outside in the summer, you get hot. When Labrador retrievers are walked outside in the summer, they also get hot. Getting hot while walking dogs outside in the heat might be obvious to you, but the U.S. De uh, United States Department of Agriculture allocated cutting-edge research funding to support a summer study that walked 16 dogs of two different colors and measured their rectal temperament Get temperatures. Out. Researchers found the Labrador's fur color did not affect did not affect their body temperatures after a hot summer's walk. That's it. We funded this. Oh my! Gosh. What it? We funded this. Was this important? The Agriculture Research Service of the USDA, which funded the study, gets $1.7 billion a year from Congress, but it's unknown how much the hot dog study costs taxpayers. Oh, my gosh. All right, the true and best selves. All right, Russian cats in the treadmill. This one's great. After having their brain stems snipped, Aww. Russian cats. This is sad. What are you doing? What, we're forced to walk on a treadmill in Russian labs. This is all thanks to the U.S. taxpayers footing the bill. Russian scientists funded with your money posted videos of their catwalk studies, which showed shaved cats hooked up to electrodes and struggling to walk on a treadmill. I am going to cry here. What are you people doing? Oh. Oh, of course you paid a bunch of dead people. $2.7 million to torture cats. So the DOD paid $8,000 for a lobster tank purchased from a restaurant equipment company in Springfield, Virginia. But why? We don't know why. Ruined engines. Let's see. I know. Let's store your vehicle engine outside, said no auto mechanic ever. But that's just what the U.S. Army officials improperly stored 80 gas turbine engines valued $89 million. Get out. Each of the $1.1 million engines were improperly stored for three years. Apparently, the code to properties properly store the engines was missing upon their arrival. So instead of putting the engines in the covered shed... One million a piece, by the way. One million dollars a piece. They were left outside. Wow. Oh my gosh. 
Okay, so how much does something have to be worth for the U.S. Army to store it properly? Even more than, I guess, more than $12 million. This time, the Department of Defense Inspector General found the U.S. Army improperly stored 135 hydraulic, hydraulic transmissions, valued about $12 million, outside, despite the requirement to be stored in a shed. Over 1,000 officials told the IG they simply didn't have room in the shed. Apparently, the natural next step is to store them in leaky and improperly maintained lifelong reusable containers. It was in the outside that inspectors found transmission stored at excessive humidity levels and among standing water and oil. Oh, Don't leave God. it out in the rain. Seems like simple, basic training. All right. Here we have uh, military tanks and tank treads. The DOD Inspector General cataloged 117,534 vehicular track shoes. Track. Track, tra sorry, track shoes valued at $68 million left outside in the open air. So this is what I don't understand. They have the money for the equipment, but they don't have, they can't build a shed to store them in. You can get that stuff at Harbor Freight, man. You can get a shed you, at you Harbor truly, Freight. You truly can. I'm sure a million dollars worth of shed. You could build a nice big tin one. Um, the, uh, yeah, that's crazy. Oh, my gosh. All right, so real fake. The DHS DHS's graphic, graphic novel about disinformation. So CISA, the Cyber Security Infrastructure Security Agency, the Department of Homeland Security that made itself the arbiter of misinformation during COVID created a series of graphic novels called the Resilience Series to help educate the public about misinformation. There's nothing comical about wasting taxpayer money to justify censorship of constitutionality protected, constitutionally protected speech. The first in the series was called Real Fake and featured a foreign operation created to spread misinformation about a U.S. senator and impact U.S. elections. Misinformation is no joke, but it is especially not funny when bureaucrats in the federal government are determining what is and isn't considered misinformation, all under the guise of protecting Americans. So it looks like they did it here for COVID-19 as well. I love that. And then the method monkeys. No, oh dear. I don't even know. Over 100,000 Americans die of meth overdoses each year as these dangerous drugs pour across their open borders. The um, NIH approved a portion of approximately 12 million in NIH grants to test the sleep habits of monkeys given meth in the morning. Oh my gosh. Wow. Mm, that's just really sad. Uh, what's this monkey casino? Two laboratory monkeys at the University of Minnesota face high stakes as they, their access to drinking water hung in the balance. Contingent upon their willingness to embrace what researchers term gambling. To study the region of the brain that impacts risk-taking choices, parts of the monkey's skulls oh dear God, were removed and their brains were injected with tracers and monitored as they gambled between two different options presented to them on the screens. Test subjects were given a low-risk, low-reward choice and a high-risk, high-reward option. The monkeys choosing risk over reward more than 70% of the time. The study, funded under an NIH National Institute of Mental Health grant, gambled that these this monkey study... Oh, my gosh. Why would you do this? I feel like these people are all going to hell. There is not a good place for you in hell. Is it? That's... They cut a monkey's head open to see how they responded to gambling. Okay, so $200 million a ticket to backstage. When local concert venues and family-owned theaters were forced to shut down during the pandemic, distributing financial relief was left to the Small Business Administration. That's oh, the SBA. Okay. The Shuttered Venue Operators Grant program was supposed to provide a lifeline to small entertainment businesses nation nationwide. Sadly, but not surprisingly, the SBA failed to deliver. 
Business Insider identified dozens of famous music artists and their touring companies that received over $200 million through the program. So-called, quote, small business owners such as Post Malone, Lil Wayne, Chris Brown, and Smashing Pumpkins uh, each received $10 million. Even Nickelback received $2 million. No, you people are evil. While some may claim these funds were used to keep supporting staff, artists were not required to do so, and we have no way of determining how these blank checks were used. Studying COVID-19 misinformation on social media in black and rural communities using 3.8 million of NH NIH funds. So what how did this how did this how how was this money allocated? Like what do you need 3.8 million dollars to do? What see? who's it going to though? It's it's a study. That means that, that you're paying people, right? This, this is pretty bad. Under Fauci, the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases was back in the business of wasting your money. This time, instead of tormenting puppies with ravenous sand flies, they're trying to feminize male monkeys. Oh, my gosh. That's right. They used about $500,000 to force fe the feminization of male macaws. Oh, my gosh. So a Florida lab sent out set out to examine what would happen if female hormones were given to male monkeys. You people. I can't with these people. I just think that you're going to hell. More back, more with the monkeys. I don't want to hear any more about the gambling monkeys. You people are hurting my head. All right, let's bring up. I want to I have a video here. The NIH spent more than 1.1 million to get mice drunk. If you want to prepare for the That's gas shortage, uh, this is a, this is from this year, going back uh, eight months ago. This is Rand Paul. Detailed. Long overdue for a hearing that focuses on the rampant waste, fraud, and abuse in the federal government. We're faced with a 31 trillion dollar mountain of debt. Rather than an attempt to get spending under control, though, both parties continue to propose new spending with no regard for the exploding debt or controlling the already existing spending. To make matters worse, everyone in Congress knows that the plague of waste has infected just about every federal agency. But rather than take steps to restore fiscal health, Congress buries its head in the sand, doles out more and more taxpayer money every year to the executive branch with no strings attached, crosses its fingers, and hopes the problem will fix itself. For years, I've documented outlandish spending in my annual waste report, which exposes how the federal government is misusing Americans' hard-earned tax dollars. My most recent report uncovered $482 billion in government waste. For example, NIH spent more than $1.1 million to get mice drunk. Apparently, we're not aware of what happens when you drink too much. $2.3 million to inject six-month-old beagle puppies with cocaine. Apparently, there's not enough evidence of what happens to humans on cocaine. $3 million to watch hamsters fight on steroids. This is the tip of the iceberg. This is the kind of stuff. This has been going on since the 1970s. Many of you will remember, you know, the studies to figure out what makes people happy. You know, this stuff's been going on forever, and yet the agency that funds a lot of this, the National Science Foundation, we've doubled their, their, their budget in the last two years, and we think, oh, well, they'll be much better with waste and fraud with double the amount of money. It's my opinion that the only way you ever rein in waste and fraud is give, give these uh, agencies less money, and then they'll be forced to, to make do on less money. Government watchdogs like the GAO were created to expose and combat waste, fraud, and abuse and mismanagement in the federal government. Every two years, GAO publishes its own report that helps call out government misdeeds. The high-risk report is a compilation of government failures and vulnerabilities. It spotlights agencies and programs prone to waste, fraud, and abuse. 
One issue prominently featured in GAO's most recent high-risk report is the government-wide problem with improper payments. This has been listed in the past and is, is listed again this year. For example, in 2022, GAO found that Medicare made $46 billion in improper payments. Mm. Medicaid made $81 billion in improper payments, which should really not come as a surprise given that the Medicaid program suspended enforcement of eligibility reviews during the COVID pandemic. This hasn't been talked about much, but during the pandemic, all the so-called rules for looking at abuse just went out the window and they said, oh, well, everybody deserves Medicaid, everybody deserves food stamps, and nobody came off any of these programs. We just threw out all of the oversight of these programs. And as a consequence, they're in some of the worst state that they've been in in, in a long time. And if this wasn't bad enough, GAO looks at, you know, the substantial levels of fraud in the Department of Labor's uh, unemployment insurance program and says it's almost impossible to even to grapple with the problem because it's so big and so opaque. Like my own waste report, GAO also identified Department of Defense as a consistent perpetrator of waste, fraud, and abuse. Since 1995, GAO has identified uh, Department of Defense's financial management as high risk. Unfortunately, not much has changed since then, other than the DOD receiving bigger and bigger checks every year. This is an example of how this is really a bipartisan problem. Republicans wanting unlimited checks for the Defense Department, Democrats wanting unlimited checks for the social welfare, everything goes up and the oversight becomes less and less uh, efficient or profound. Until the Department of Defense can properly account for the money it spends though, Congress can never effectively conduct oversight of the department. The DOD has become a behemoth of spending and no one here ever questions it. How does all this waste happen? A better question might be, how does all this waste continue to happen and get worse all the time? When I was a kid in the 1970s, William Proxmire, a conservative Democrat, used to give his golden fleece awards for nonsensical government spending. But here we are decades later, still facing the same problems. There was one study that they did in the last two years, I think it was over a million dollars to study if you take selfies of yourself smiling and you look at these selfies later on in the day, whether or not you'll be happier. Well, the thing is, is you think that's gonna get better if we give the National Science Foundation more money? So we doubled their budget and they do more of this craziness. And every year we point it out and every year it gets worse because no one is willing to call them on it and say, we're going to give you less money next year unless you're better with spending the money. <laughs> Mr. Chairman, GAO identified numerous instances of waste, fraud and abuse that Congress can easily address. I appreciate GAO's work. But what really is needed is congressional will to significantly reduce okay. government waste and so you spending. So can, you can stop that there. So he just said that he was last year's, 2022, was over $400 billion, and this year we're at $900 billion It's more than waste. And that's why everything is more expensive. Uh, if you go to the next video, uh, this is just kind of a, a report on it from News Nation. This is Ilma. This is, there you go. Washington over the holidays, Senator Rand Paul compiling a list of what he claims are wasteful government projects and line items. Our Alina Shirazi is live in Washington this morning with his Festivus report. Alina, we know that Mr. Paul has said that these are just tax items uh, on the American people where they're spending money and they don't know where it's going. That's right, Nick. Uh, massive government spending, out-of-control deficits are just 
some of the things that Senator Rand Paul outlines in his festivist report. We've actually been pouring over it to see sort of what's in it. You can see on the cover here, we've got a Barbie, we have got a lobster, uh, we've got a monkey here. It sort of outlines uh, trying to grab the attention of people and then breaks down into sort of a summary of what he describes as lavish spending by the government. So he also, of course, takes some shots at Dr. Fauci and says some of, his, some of his experiments are extremely costly. So here are some of the standouts where he sort of airs out those grievances. Accepting Barbie doll photos submitted by scammers to get COVID relief funds from a portion of an $800 billion allocation in PPP funds. Other expenses highlighted were $659 billion for national debt interest, $33 million to run Dr. Fauci's state-owned research island of 3,000 monkeys sent out for research, $6 million for boosting Egyptian tourism, $200 million given from the Small Business Administration to what they call okay, you struggling can pause that. Music. There's a couple more here from uh, the Daily Mail that they found in the, in the Festivus report here. Um, says, uh, this year I'm highlighting a whopping... Um, actually, is this one from last year? Oh, that one's from last year. Last year was the um, steroid-induced hamster fight club. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I can't. And you wonder... Honestly, I'm still not convinced that all this money is going towards these things. I'm not. I think there's yeah, stuff in things. Exactly. Like, let's just say we're spending $600 million on XYZ, but mm -hmm. really, it's going to so-and-so who's doing us favors. Exactly. Yeah. But to me, it's just actually some of the more nefarious animal abuses. I know. I'm like, can we just put a stop to that? Forget the spending. Yeah, it's, it scares me. Like, Stop people it. People are sick little animal abusers. They are. It's, it's satanic ritual abuse. It's like abuse of animals. It is. That's what I think it is. It, it, it I'm serious. Is. I seriously believe that the cruelty to animals for animal testing and products is satanic. Like, it's because you're mixing alchemy with torturing animals. Mm -hmm. They're summoning demons from Sheol. Mm -hmm. That's what I think. They are summoning demons from Sheol. Speaking of summoning de demons from Sheol, um, Victor David Hansen exposes our razor's edge. At the end of the year, we are on the razor's edge of many things that could soon blow up. Americans are far beyond President Joe Biden's serial untruths of some eight years that he never discussed Hunter Biden's various get-rich-quick schemes. All were predicted on the, on, on the perception of foreign interests uh, purchasing from the Biden family the influence of then-Senator, Vice President, and possibly soon-to-be President Joe Biden. The Bidens now risk exposure to criminal charges of multi-million dollar tax fraud, perjury, influence selling, and bribery as congressional committees and a special prosecutor unravel years of tangled-up quid pro quos. A new, newly indicted hunter remains reckless and unpredictable. He actually, I don't know if we didn't talk about this, but he declined uh, to, he was, some, he was subpoenaed by the Congress and he denied that subpoena, so... Bannon was arrested for that. Yeah. So, Interesting. FYI, he can continues to publicly blame his mounting legal problems on everyone and everything other than his own self selfish excesses. You know, crack pipe guy. Hunter deliberately involves his family and may even bring down his own father. His ta tax lawyers have previously threatened to call President Joe Biden to testify on his behalf under oath. 
He continues to court public scandal by hawking amateurish representational paintings to the quid pro quo wealthy and wannabes wishing clout with the White House. His laptop messages reveal a prodigal son angry that his bagman services were never fully appreciated by his familiar beneficiaries. Hunter's wayward laptop is a felonious trove of drug-addled illicit uh, Petronian excess and sex interspliced with his self-incriminated family communications on the distributions of pay-for-play payoffs. Hunter's business aides will be called back to elaborate on their already incriminating testimonies. The contents of Joe Biden's various alias emails will soon uh, see new scrutiny. Given Biden's physical and ethical frailties, age and bad polling, the left-wing media and Democratic hierarchy may see circling the wagons around him. Instead, some may fuel the effort to sandbag a 2024 Biden candidacy by releasing or even leaking incriminating evidence. Harvard President Claudine Gay's tenure is even more tenuous than Biden's. Harvard can either claim to be the nation's pre, uh, preeminent academic institution or continue to protect a plagiarist as president or both. We didn't really cover this, but um, when we covered um, Harvard's president allowing for, you know, rapid, rabid anti-Semitism, if th they picked a black woman named Claudine mm -hmm. Gay who has plagiarized on all of her research papers. <laughs> and she's it's like she she's a serial liar. OK, but she cannot cut lies of Biden, by the way. Yeah, exactly. So protesters no longer distinguish between being anti-Israeli and from being anti-Jewish. Now they just openly mouth anti-Semitic chants. Americans are growing weary of these escalating protests for a variety of reasons. Most remember that the October 7th war started not by, with Israeli preemptive attacks, but on an independent Gaza, but only after Hamas killers launched a sneak attack. Um, when you've got to the place where we're at today, there mm -hmm. are the the country is hanging on by a thread. And speaking on hanging on a thread, the Democratic Secretary of State has done a victory lap by kicking him Trump off of the ballot. Uh, Matt Taibbi asks, is there any way that this ends well? So Maine Secretary of State uh, Shenna Bellows, and we played her full, um, well, we, we played a clip of her talking about how proud she was on MSNBC and how she's for the Constitution or whatever. She decided Thursday to remove Donald Trump from the state's presidential ballot. She's an unelected official. She is. Jared Golden, a Democratic congressman from Lewiston who voted to impeach Trump over the January 6th riot, quickly issued a statement. We are a nation of laws. Therefore, until he is actually found guilty of the crime of insurrection, he should be allowed on the ballot. Eight years ago this month, the big story in the presidential race was whether or not Trump was out of line in saying Hillary Clinton got schlonged in a 2008 primary. The Washington Post linguistic investigation quoted Steven Pinker in saying that given Trump's history of vulgarity, it's entirely possible that he had created a sexist term for defeat. But the paper concluded that Trump's problem was that he's a, a Gentile who linguistically may have wandered too far from home. Normally, campaign season is a period of heightened engagement as people scour the Internet to research even the most inane questions, knowing that at the end of the process, they get to cast votes on them. It's why news companies tend to uh, fatten up in election years. Like grizzlies during salmon runs, people are absorbed by dramas in which they feel themselves to be participants. This year, the public is being forced to research questions in which they have no say. We all understand now that there's a disqualification clause in the 14th Amendment. We also understand that this clause seems to have been written with deliberate vagueness. I'm no lawyer, but I doubt the 14th Amendment was designed to empower unelected state officials to unilaterally strike major party front riders from the presidential ballot. 
And we're all having to Google. We're all like, what the heck is the 14th Amendment? What do you, it was used for so that Civil War generals couldn't hold office. And we're all having to do some, we're all doing like big history lessons at least, right? So sure enough, the usual suspects in the mainstream media were more than happy to invite Maine Secretary of State on air to discuss her brave decision to unilaterally remove Republicans' Democratic right to vote. Uh, she, this is... Uh, I, I play this, and I play this other clip of um, the uh, from CNN. Based on her ruling and on a lot of documents, but also you uh, go ahead and play this. She literally just used YouTube clips and news reports. This is not going to pass the bar in, in in normal court. She's not a lawyer, by the way, and this is actually from CNN. This is just I don't know. It's 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 is this it's a one you have up. Yeah, is a tweet. It's a Zero Hedge article. I feel like you're there. I should be there, but I don't see the video. Is this it? Mm, let me see. Uh, we're actually right here. Okay. So whatever you do, please don't use that word again, even if you're reading it okay, from somebody Okay, sorry. Yeah. I was just reading. I know. I know. Is, were the processes, were these hearings fair? Did they comport with due process? And I think there's a question there with regard to what Maine did. Because if you look at the hearing, and she details this in the, in the ruling, they heard from one fact witness, a law professor. She based her ruling on a lot of documents, but also YouTube clips, news reports, things that would never pass the bar in normal court. She's not a lawyer, by the way. It's a smartly written decision, clearly consulted with lawyers, but this is an unelected, she's chosen by the state legislature. She's elected by the chosen state by, uh, Chosen, elected by the legislature, but not democratically elected, not a knock. That's just the way it's set up in Maine. And... This hearing, look, it doesn't have to be a criminal trial. We don't have to have all the protections. But I think the argument you'll hear from opponents is, one, not up to the states to do this. This is why we have all different decisions from all different states. And two, the procedures were not up to snuff. So uh, Michael Tracy says, it's really wild that the main secretary of state just seized the power to unilaterally block presidential candidates from the ballot based on a brand new non-judicial administrative procedure she literally just made up herself, supposedly to enforce the federal 14th Amendment. Uh, Shenna Bellows, who was never popularly elected statewide, says the usual rules of evidence don't apply to her newly invented procedure, which is governed by Maine administrative law, therefore authorizing her to accept the January 6th committee report as admissible prohibitive evidence. Oh, my gosh. But here's the deal, though. The committee report still doesn't give you enough to remove somebody from the ballot. Here's the thing. That committee report was just one-sided by Democrats, set up by Even Nancy Pelosi. Even if it Pelosi. wasn't, though, you don't get to remove somebody from the ballot based on a committee report. Yeah. You know, Jonathan Turley says, you know, it will be overturned because it is wrong on the history and the language of the 14th Amendment. As I have previously written, the disqualification of Trump is based on the use of a long dormant provision in Section 3 of the 14th Amendment, after the Civil War, House members were outraged to see Alexander Stevens, the Confederate vice president, seeking to take the oath uh, with an array of other former, Confeder former Confederate senators and military officers. They had all previously taken the same oath and then violated it to join a succession movement that claimed the lives of hundreds. Donald Trump did not do this, okay? He didn't but try did to set up— it claim the lives of who? It, it didn't even claim any lives. But, but remember, if this was set up insurrection— was when the, the South left the United States. Donald Trump wasn't leaving the United States. He wasn't succeeding from the Union. Yeah, okay? Let me read some comments over here. Wicked Sykes says, no one has been charged or convicted of insurrection. 
Insurrection was a term the media and the politicians used and no one in the legal system had been charged or convicted of insurrection. Yeah. But get this. Guess who's behind all this? Mm. All Former ACLU attorneys. So the main Secretary of State is a former ACLU attorney, a virulent leftist, and a hyper-partisan Biden-supporting Democrat who has decided to interfere. And actually, this is not this is not the right quote because that CNN reporter said she's not an attorney. But I do know that it, former ACLU attorneys are on this. We are witnessing in real time the attempted theft of an election and the disenfranchisement of the American voter. Uh, Democrats in blue states are recklessly and unconstitutionally suspending the civil rights of the American voters by attempting to summarily remove President Trump's name from the ballot. Make no mistake, these partisan election interference efforts are a hostile assault on American democracy. This is all very strange to me because I don't know if it's just incredibly reckless and or they want Trump on the ballot. And they want people to vote for him or something. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Because this rallies more people behind him. And I don't know which way they're trying to go with it. I'm trying to figure out their angle. You know what I mean? Yeah. Ben Shapiro wrote earlier that 2024 is going to be the most insane and ugly presidential election in American history. And that's saying a lot. Since 1968 and 2020 are both years that existed. Under those, under what circumstances precisely would Democrats accept the result of a Trump election? Really? Under what circumstances precisely would Republicans accept the result of a Biden election? Well, here's the thing. They already forced us to do that. They forced us to do that. Okay? They forced us to do that. We all know what happened in 2020. Everybody does. It's not a joke. It's, it's a joke. It's a running joke now. The weaponization illegal system creates an all-consuming fire burning everything in its path. There is simply no 2024 result likely to result in anything but complete and, and perhaps violent chaos at this point. So she worked at the ACLU, which but is probably she, where they're getting the lawyer thing from. That doesn't she make her a lawyer. I don't maybe see she, her okay. on her little Wikipedia page anything about her being a lawyer. Okay. Just FYI. But she did work at the ACLU. So uh, my when, uh, would you go over here? This is a this is a uh, before I go to our our, our main story, which is. Um, about that was the main story. But um bum ching. <laughs> <laughs> yep, I did. I did. I had to. Well then I, I and I did the PPP joke. So you did do the PPP. And, and we both had to explain our jokes. But I didn't have to, it just took you a minute. Took me I waited, minutes. I waited for a second. That was a long wait, actually, for you to get it. It's a little too long. Um, um, I want to, I want to, we're going to take a commercial break here and all this craziness. I want you to see what Christmas is like in Russia. Okay. Who's our tweet? Moscow something or other. All right. Well, I will find it. I just thought this was just a, you know, the, while the rest of the world is burning, um, the, uh, the Russians are going over the, over the top to, uh, are they create over a, here maybe create a great Christmas. Nope. Let's see here. Help me. Leah. Oh, there, there it is. There it is. Whoop. There it is. Leah, See, we're going no, to Russia. No, no, now you did that. Whoop, whoop. There it you is. You all better have laughed at my joke. What in the wide, wide world of sports? Wow, that is beautiful. Oh, my gosh. That is something. Oh, my.
gosh. So pretty. I want to go there. They have snow. Look at the snow. I know. You know, our Christmas day was like 60 degrees here in Ohio. Mm -hmm. So depressing. Look at this. Look at the snow. It's outdoor markets. Putin said, give me Christmas. They gave him Christmas, all right. <sighs> so we went through once when it wasn't snowing, and now we're going through. Unless it's another tunnel-y thingy. Oh, wow. Just look at all this. Oh my gosh. The building's just like lighting up. Easy. It's it's so strange for Michelle and I to watch this. Oh, because I know. Because we've been in Moscow, and it was like it was rundown communist built right yes, out of the it right was. after the wall fell in '95, and I just can't even picture this world that they're in right now. Willie B. Mom says I'm trying to figure out how I can move there with my six year old. I feel like it, we would be safer. Yeah. Where is that? This, yeah. We've been there, so that and that's a big shopping mall. Um, it's just Who sets up? Who swings, swings in the snow? snow? Russians. Russians are much stronger and healthier than we are. Mm -hmm. They're playing Uno in like a mall. They're St. Basil's. So yeah, we've been there. We've wow. been in Red Square. My uncle had a seizure in Red Square. We always say blood. Yeah, if you go to the next one right next to it, um, I have Ron Paul's and Rand Paul's and Christmas greeting, but you got to start it from the beginning. And don't forget. Wait, wait, wait. Here we go. Merry Christmas, everyone. And Happy New Year. And don't forget. And the Fed. <laughs> <laughs> Merry Christmas, everyone. Him. And Happy New Year. And don't forget. And the Fed. <laughs> <laughs> she rolls his eyes. His wife rolls her eyes. She rolls her eyes. That was cute. And don't, and don't forget, forget in the Fed. That was cute. I love that. Can we go to another one? Mm, no. Okay. Not not yet. I not love there. Him so much. Isn't he in his nineties now? I, he's, he's still got doing to shows be late eighties. Yeah. He's got to be. He's he's up there, dude. He's definitely up there. Let me check over here and see what you guys are saying about all this. I'd swing in the snow, says says Johanna. Oh really? That's awesome. Your face with that big old scarf. Yeah. You know, we had some victories. Oh, you got some good news? I love victories. Good news for gun owners. Okay. Okay. You mean in 2023, not 2023. like this isn't like brand new news. Yeah, no, no, no. So 2023, a year in review for, for gun rights is actually pretty good. Uh, this year is in full of fights over the Second Amendment. In 2023, the anti-gun billionaires, and you know what, you really have to thank the founders because, you know, abortion's not found in the Constitution, but the one thing that's found in the Constitution is, you know, you're right, the Second the Second Amendment, right? Um, 2023, the anti-gun billionaires and their allies in the White House and Congress have waged a nonstop battle for your right to own a firearm. Whether in the legislature or the court system, gun owners of America have fought back. Thanks to your support, gun owners of America proudly reports that we secured some huge wins this year. So here, let's recap some of these. All right. First, Gun Owners America and our members secured a major win being instrumental in passing Representative Andrew Clyde's House uh, Resolution 44, 
uh, which told the AFT their pistol brace rule did not have support support of Congress. By the passing of H.J. Resolution 44 signals to the ATF and the courts that their pistol brace rule is not constitutional. In addition to our lawsuit, the Gun Owners of America in Texas versus AFT halted the rule nationwide. In recent news, Gun Owners of America members absolutely flooded the Federal Register with over 85,000 comments on the AFT's new universal registration check rule. This massive rush of comments completely smashed our previous record of 20,000. These comments could uh, severely affect the AFT's proposed rule, but when it does become law, Gun Owners of America stands ready to fight. Um, one of the most significant victories this year was removing the permanent reauthorization of the Undetectable Firearms Act from the National Defense Authorization Act, also known uh, as the bill that funds the military. The Undetectable Firearms Act is now scheduled to expire on February 2nd, and we're now preparing to fight to end the law for good. We also defeated attempts to package an assault weapons ban, universal background checks, and a separate 3D printing ban and other pieces of legislation. Thanks to our friends in Congress like Senator Mike Lee, Senator Ted Budd, and Senator John uh, Barrasso. I don't even know who that is. Uh, we were able to block anti-gun senators from putting these laws into must-pass bills. Uh, the VA's fiduciary rule, which the Gun Owners of America have, has fought for years, stripped veterans of their Second Amendment rights simply for getting a, fi for getting a financial advisor. This law is in dire straits, thanks to Chairman uh, uh, Mike Boost and Senator John Kennedy. Meanwhile, in the courts, we won a massive victory in Oregon, where we were granted a permanent injunction against the Oregon ballot measure 114. Uh, this unconstitutional measure passed by a slim margin of about 1% and imposed fingerprinting, firearm registration, and magazine bans. Wow. In addition, our New York case, we heard about this, won a partial yet significant victory. Earlier in December, a federal circuit court confirmed a federal injunction against some portions of New York's unconstitutional concealed carry law. This law would severely restrict where gun owners can carry firearms in public and allow the government to monitor concealed carry permit applicants' social media history. If New York's law is allowed to stand, other anti-gun cities and states will quickly follow New York's lead by making nearly all public places off limits to, con to concealed carry. It's vital that we win a complete victory in this case. So, um, yeah, there's, there was a lot going on, um, this, this year in, with the guns. And I know the New York case was definitely a big one. I want to point this out. This is sad for me. Uh, Rudy Giuliani has filed for bankruptcy. Oh man. And the latest legal attack on Trump world and anyone who might support, uh, president Trump or dare to question the results of the 2020 election Rudy Giuliani filed for bankruptcy on thir um, last week after being ordered to pay more than $148 million to uh, the, uh, the mother and daughter duo of Georgia election workers whom he accused of manipulating ballots in 2020. Giuliani's Chapter 11 petition filed in a U.S. bankruptcy court in New York lists debts up to $500 million and assets up to $10 million. This should give the former mayor some breathing room after being swamped with legal bills. The filing should be surprised to no one, says uh, Health Heath Berger and Gary uh, Fishoff, Giuli Giuliani's bankruptcy attorneys, in a statement uh, reported by Bloomberg. Chapter 11 protection allows Giuliani to appeal the case in Georgia. The bankruptcy filing was spurred, on, spurred by the December 15th verdict that found Giuliani must pay Ruby Freeman and her daughter uh, $148 million for harm to their reputations and other impacts. Give me a break. And they were the ones who had the suitcases that they were just running through. Oh, wow. That's, that's tough. It's, it's tough. All right. So her daughter says, the lies Rudy Giuliani told about me and my mommy. 
Mm. Moss said in front of the courthouse after the verdict, have changed our lives, me and my mommy. Mm. Well, maybe you shouldn't. Maybe. Maybe you shouldn't. This is off the charge. Economist claims 2024 will bring the biggest crash of our lifetime. Uh -oh. I've been telling you guys this. Ain't I've been saying Since it, 2009, this, um, this has been 100% artificial, unprecedented money printing and deficits. $27 trillion over 15 years to be exact, says economist Harry Dent, told Fox Business on December 19th. This is off the charts. 100% artificial, which means we're in a dangerous state. I think 2024 is going to be the biggest single crash of our lifetimes. Yes. We need to get back down to normal. We need to send a message to central banks. This should be a lesson. I don't even think we'll ever revisit. I don't think we'll ever see a bubble for any of our lifetimes again. Um, as Jack uh, Phillips reports at the Epoch Times, Mr. Dent, who owns the H.S. Dent Investment Management Firm, told the outlet that U.S. markets are currently in a bubble that started in late 2021 amid the COVID-19 pandemic. Things are not going to come back to normal in a few years. We may never see these levels again, and this crash is not going to be a correction. It's going to be more of a 1929-1932 level, and anybody who sat through that would have shot their stockbroker. Mr. Dent said, making references to the stock market crash of 29 that led to the Great Depression of the 30s. If I'm right, it's going to be the biggest crash of our lifetime, most of it happening in 2024. You're going to see it start, and it's going to be more obvious by May. So if you just get out for 6 to 12 months and stuff stays at the highest valuation history, maybe you miss a little more gains if I'm wrong. If I'm right, you're going to save massive losses and be able to reinvest a year or a year and a half from now at unbelievably low prices. Now, he's talking about stock market. We'll get into that in just a second. Mr. Dent's predictions of a market crash are nothing new. In 2009, he wrote The Great Depression Ahead, a book that forecasted a significant market crash. In the past few weeks, several analysts have been making similar predictions of a significant stock market crash in the near future. Based on prevailing market valuations, we estimate that poor total returns are likely for the S&P 500 in the coming 10 to 12 years. This is why we are not chicken little. The sky is falling. I'm trying to get you guys out of the stock market and into precious metals, into gold and silver. I want you guys to be safe. I want you to preserve your wealth. I want you to have barterability. Mm. God wants you to have food, shelter, barterability. Shields are made of metal. This is your barterability. This is how we're going to make transactions. This is silver. If you don't have a lot of money, if you don't have wealth to preserve, you still need barterability. And anybody can get their hands on silver. Anybody can do it. Okay? You can make small purchases. You can make as small as purchases for a couple hundred dollars. Can't you, Michelle? You can get, you can make any, you can go into a local coin shop just buy, and get, just get some dimes. Yeah. Just literally buy some dimes from the coin shop. Silver dimes. Yes. I told mom silver dimes. And that was how, and, and a silver dime should be low, uh, worth a flower, uh, a sack of flour. But okay. if you do have retirement, if you do have a 401k, if you do have a hunk of savings sitting there, you need to buy land. You need to be getting a grain mill or you need to be calling ITM trading. Or getting horses. Or and, getting horses. And getting horses. 1-866-950-7776. And I put this in my Christmas newsletter. Yes, I yeah. did. I even put the number in there. Why? Because I have had people contacting me for years. Michelle, how do I buy gold and silver? Where do I get it? How do I get out of the dollar? This is how you do. This is how you do it. Call CM, you, Call ITM Trading. Oh, we should do that. We should make that a song. Mm -hmm. like, we should do a little dance on, to it. This is how we do it. Okay. This one eight six six 
9507776. Leah, that was not as good as you could have done. No. Really? I need to have it memorized. Yeah, I have it memorized. 18669507776. It would be 18669507776. This is yeah. how we do it. There. <laughs> I'm sending that to them. Seriously, though, guys, I you cannot in 2024, please. They call it a strategy call. It's I free. call it just our call with with them was like my head went tilt. I was like, huh? Okay. It was more like a free lesson. It was more like a free lesson, not a strategy call. So Patriot Gallery opened up. Her I present. think the, I think the strategy call goes on like. The second or third call, because the first call is just a lesson. So we did get an antiquity coin. Oh, our first one. Are we going to show? Super excited about it. I meant to. We'll do it. We'll do it sometime. So it's Patriot up. Gallery got a gift from. It got a Resistance Chicks gift. This is the biggest gift I've ever given my mom in my entire life. Um, she got it. She got a pre nineteen thirty three ounce of gold, and this is something to hang on to. This is called wealth preservation. Um, now, the pre-1933s have all these benefits mm -hmm. to them, but they are more expensive because yeah. they're an antiquity coin. So you're paying more because the coin itself is literally well, worth more money. And if you money. call, um, we got to talk to um, Sari, Sari, Lynette's sister. sister. And what they do is they they take you through why uh, the wealthy are buying antiquity coins. Yeah. The wealthy are putting their money in antiquity coins, uh, not just the... Um, the, the gold, not, you're not just buying the gold to have the gold. Right. You're buying the antiquities of the, and, and I, and it was like, holy, is this 20, is a $20 piece? And they'll get, and they take you through the different, you know, kinds and, 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 and how, you know, they've held up and, and I'm looking at it and, and I'm not obviously holding the gold in my hand. Which I, we should, we should. Did you know that you need gold? Like your heart has gold in it. Yes. Oh, that's it's in like Patriot Gallery's latest blog that I was listening to. Greg Reese did a whole report on how I know. gold how gold has a spark what? of life in your body. Yeah. So you guys can go and show watch it, it too. I don't know if you can bring up the timestamp, Mom. If you're in the chat, do the timestamp for that. I don't even see Mom in the chat. She doesn't Mom, care about us anymore. Alma, check your battery. That's, so, but um, seriously though, it, I was fascinated by this. I do have a little beef to pick with my own mother though. What's that? Well, she. Her her version of a specific story that she told mm -hmm. is not my version okay. of the story. What story? And how it went. What story? The story goes like this. Okay. This Patriot Gallery likes to eat her dinner while we do our show. And she heats it up in the oven. Uh-huh. As she should, because I don't want her to use the microwave, because it's bad for you. Right. Okay? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And more often than not... She leaves the oven on after she pulls her food up. So this happened the other day. And I opened the door to her room and I said, Mom, you left your food, you left the oven on again after you pulled your food out. And she's like, I only did it just this once. And I said, no, you did it the other day. And she's like, okay, twice. But normally I know because I always shut it off. And I said, Mom, it's heating up the house. Okay. It was hot that day. I was mostly joking, but also informing a fact to my mother. She goes on her show and tells everybody that I came in there and was mad at her, which was not true. <laughs> I was not mad. And you know what I thought? I was going to tell us, Simone. If we had intended 
to do an insurrection. We would have did an insurrection. If I was mad, mom, you didn't know I was mad. I wasn't mad. I was simply informing a fact with yeah. a little bit of silliness. And yeah. then you know what she tells everybody? What? She says, I told Michelle that um, we just need to, what, the answer is that we need to put in a wood burning stove in there. And I said, but mom, that would heat up the whole house. And mom was like, this is what they've been doing for all this time. And you know what she says to everybody on the show? Mm -hmm. She goes, and she couldn't say anything to me after that because she knew I was right. Mom. Okay, so in all, all business, in all seriousness, all I would love to put a, uh, no, I can't find where the spark of life is in here. Uh, but you can bring up the blog to show, our, show everybody. It's a really good one. Um, I would love, we have a wood-burning stove down here, like for, for heat, a heat oh, stove. But it would be really great to be, but I would love to cook over guys. the fire. I need a bigger kitchen because you need three inch, three feet clearance yeah. right around the stove. So the answer is we just need a big old house. I need a bigger kitchen yeah. to put a wood-burning stove in there, and I would absolutely be using it, especially in the so winter. So God owns the earth, the people. Oh, this is part two. That's why I can't find the timestamp. It says part two. one has part the spark one of life. is the spark Gold of life. spark yes. of life. Gold spark of life. Yeah. I don't know where it's at, though. Whose house is that? I don't know. Press play. It's gorgeous. I have no volume. Said, Jesus promises to unite the disciples oh, like in one faith that makes you very, very strong. Oh, she just And the founding barn. fathers said, you can we worship however you want. Is. I want to live there. But we live there. She watches have our Sorry, Lord. Okay. On this. Mom, where's your spark of God? Spark so of I put boy. the Wardoff school here because it's. Well, part one, 2636. And she explains in a better way. So stop insisting there, you're telling right that. On this next link, the Rees Report, oh. The Mysterious Human Thank Heart you, by Mom. Greg Rees, he opens up with this man who discovered uh, different parts of the heart. He said there's a sixth chamber. So I'll open with that, but it's not what this video is about. I want to end it the last minute here. So I'll just let him open this with the introduction right. here. Rudolf Steiner, whose teachings led to anthroposophical medicine, biodynamic farming, and the Waldorf School, said that the heart is a seven-sided regular form that sits in an imaginary box in the chest. Regular means that all seven sides are identical. Plato described five platonic solids, and Steiner said there was a sixth one. He also said that the heart is not a pump. This fantastic claim was vindicated by Frank Chester, who figured out how to design a seven-sided regular form. This sixth platonic solid is now called the chestahedron, and it fits perfectly inside a cube at an angle of 36 degrees off-center to the left. So I'm not going to play the whole video, but I want to get down here to the very end here. And I'm a great or the biggest loud mouth of the truth that only gold is money. <laughs> Only silver is money. Your money is a paper mache item brought over by Marco Polo from China. A lie. And Marco Polo was a Venetian. And the Humidity 300 are the black Venetians. That means they're very, very evil. Yeah, this goes for a minute. They're from Ada. In human heart, cosmic heart. Human power that comes from God. Dr. Tom Cowan, who has written about this in Human Heart, Cosmic Heart, 
has an interesting theory which may explain the saying, a heart of gold. Another recent discovery is that gold in its purest form does not appear to be gold at all. Under the right conditions, normal physical gold can be transformed into a fine white powder known as monatomic gold. This monatomic gold has been studied by multiple advanced laboratories and it has very strange properties. It can be made to levitate and disappear. Monatomic gold is superconductive and many would argue that this is what the alchemists were after. One of the ways of turning metallic gold into monatomic gold is by putting it through a high-speed vortex. When this transformation occurs, there is a flash of light and a 44% loss in weight. Dr. Cowan believes that the trace amounts of gold in our blood is transformed into monatomic gold as it travels through the double vortices in the heart, creating the spark of life. Reporting for InfoWars, this is Greg Reese. I love it so much. It's the coolest thing ever. How cool is that? So anyway, you need to check out Patriot Gallery's blogs because mm. they're awesome. She's get a little cool stuff like knocking that. Knocking it out of the park, Mom. You are knocking it out I of the park. I was listening to it this afternoon. It was really good. All right, so the last story of the night is kind of going to be one of the big ones. We might hit a few more on our way out. But uh, speaking on our way out, we're going to say goodbye here because... Um, to the book face? I want to talk openly about what Mike DeWine vetoed mm -hmm. uh, in Ohio today. And I don't want to be censored. And, and I don't think, I don't know that I really would be on, on this, but, uh, you know, you never know where we're going. Um, so if you're watching on the book face right now, the Facebook, I've just dropped the Rumble link in the chat. Oh, before we go, okay. before we go, I just remember one more story about East Palestine. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, we were talking about the top stories of this year. Mm -hmm. This is definitely one of the top stories 100%. of 2023, obviously. Uh, we had a video, uh, got 165,000 views. People wanted to really know mm -hmm. when we went live talking about East Palestine. Yeah. That kind of brought us out of um, Facebook uh, jail, jail for, for a little, little bit. Jinx. Oh, oh my gosh! Jinx. Why did we say the same thing? Because we're the same no, person. No, no, we're totally different. We're I have my own person. spark of gold in my heart. <laughs> in my own. <laughs> Families living near Ohio toxic train derailment said it hurts that by their spark of gold in their heart. Uh, this is three. His Biden's heart is three sizes too small. It we is. just watched the Grinch. That Biden still hasn't visited, visited eleven months after the disaster. So uh, this happened in the very beginning of 2023. A train carrying 700,000 pounds of vinyl chloride derailed in February. Uh, the White House says President Biden will visit, but has not set a date. Residents say he is more keen on visiting swing states than people in need. It is eleven months since a freight train derailed near East Palestine, Ohio. And spilling thousands of gallons of toxic chemicals and triggering an environmental crisis. We saw it ourselves. It was coming up on the shore, mm -hmm. two or three hundred miles on, down the Ohio River. Can we pay not have ads on Daily Wire, I, Daily Mail? I don't all? know. You don't have to bring this up. Just let me talk about it. I can just read it. You don't have to bring it up. Uh, you can just bring up a picture. So Why don't you just ads. bring up a picture of, of East it's Palestine? Fine. We'll just leave okay. it. Uh, of, the, of the pictures or something. They remember what it looked like. I think it'd be great. You can bring it up. Okay, fine. Uh, but... We went down to the Ohio River, and you could see this gray goop coming up, and yes, it was left did. there. It was really disgusting, um, and so we wouldn't, we wouldn't go near the water. Um, the Ohio White House, the White House, the Ohio, the White House insists Biden will visit the scene of the disaster, yeah. but won't say when. Uh, time's ticking away, Joe. Now residents say that is simply not good enough, and that their community has been ignored. 
I feel like I don't matter, says Jessica Conrad, who voted for Biden in 2020. Uh-huh. Wow, there are some Biden voters there. Thank you, Michelle. But said she was upset that the president had prioritized, prioritized political swing states. She was one of a string of locals who set out their grievances to the New York Times. Chrissy Ferguson, who lives within a mile of the, der the derailment, said, I believe that if we were a blue state, he would have been come, and that hurts. In fact, her county voted overwhelmingly for Donald Trump in 2020, and no one thinks that Ohio is a winnable state for Biden next time around. The White House insisted that Biden is still planning to visit. The president continues, continues to oversee a robust recovery effort to support the people of East Palestine. I don't know of any. He doesn't want to get... I don't think anyone's, he's worried yeah. about getting sick. He doesn't want to get booed. I don't know that the, the federal government has done anything. Trump brought the 2024 presidential campaign to town three weeks later. He reprised his role as champion of the forgotten, delivering pallets of his own branded water and throwing red mega hats to fans. Have fun, everybody, Mr. Trump told them after signing autographs at a McDonald's where he bought two Big Macs for first responders. Bought Big Macs, oh, not two, but bought Big Macs like, for what? first responders. Um he said, what this community needs now are not excuses and all the other things you've been hearing, but uh, answers and results. He said, uh, Biden signed an executive order in September to continue to hold Norfolk Solar Southern accountable. But critics want to know why he has not issued a disaster declaration, which pour more federal money and resources into recovery efforts. That's the real issue. Uh, from what I understand, nothing has been done to help. Not a thing. We do have an update on the, see, we are associated with the East Palestine story and we've been covering it from a different kind of angle through the Taylors and you guys hearing about what's going on in Eaton Township in Ohio, where Ross Environmental was given the contract to incinerate and get rid of the, the waste from East Palestine. They claim that they have gotten rid of all of that waste. Mm -hmm. Okay, but we did an expose. Scott Kesterson had them on. Mike Adams had um, them on. And um, they, they're trying to stop Ross Environmental from continuing to plague their town with these toxic chemicals and wastes. And we got an update yesterday from the Taylors that the Ross referendum petition was approved by the Lorraine County Board of Elections without a discussion. It is issue 19, and it's being sent to the Secretary of State for final approval. If this goes on the ballot, then that means that they can actually vote to revoke the expansion of Ross Environmentals. And this is this would be a giant win. And, and, and here's the thing. Guys, as conservatives, it really bothers me that for most of my life, if you were conservative, you were anti-being green. You're, you drive the big gas guzzler, you make fun of all the tree huggers and all mm -hmm. of this, that, and the other. And it disgusts me because where we are at right now in society, East Palestine was so terrible, not because trains derailed, but because of the toxic chemicals that were on the vinyl chloride that was on there from making PVC mm -hmm. pipes. And then they did the worst possible thing that you could possibly do to it, which was light it on fire, which mm -hmm. then vaporized and then dispersed this chemical that traveled in the clouds. And it's a, it now, once you heat it up, it, it makes it into a forever chemical mm -hmm. that causes cancer. So people were breathing this in. It went into the Ohio River. So when Leah talks about us going to the Ohio and seeing it sloshed up on the sides of the riverbanks, that was very real. 
But it wasn't because of the actual spill. It was because of the fact that they lit it all on fire. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so there's, there's a lot of things at play here. And I, I would like to encourage any of you that are still like that last little hanging on of that old school, I'm a conservative, who cares, just do whatever. God created this earth mm -hmm. and he never intended for us to be using these types of witchcraft, alchemy chemicals mm -hmm. in society. So all the plastics and all of the things that we love, it's none of it is of God. Mm -hmm. And the, there are scriptures in the Bible that talk about God destroying the people that destroy the earth. Yeah. So look out, because I'm telling you what, 2024, you are going to see justice on a scale that is unimaginable. Could you go to my Twitter? I've got a couple uh, videos here. Number one, uh, almost a year after the East Palestine trail, train derailment, I want to go to the Fox News one. It's going to be your second one. Scroll down. This one. Yeah. And then there's a man from East Palestine that is running for Congress. So we want to see what he has to say. 328 days have gone by since East Palestine, Ohio, was devastated from a toxic train derailment, and not once has President Biden visited. It's a stark contrast to Trump, who met with presidents and even uh, residents and even bought first responders some McDonald's you see here. A campaign advisor says the visit helped the former president surge ahead of his GOP competitors. So how is the town doing now? <clears throat> Let's bring in lifetime resident and business owner, DJ Yokely. DJ, um, first of all, so sorry this has happened to you, but secondly, do you feel supported? Do you feel like this administration is supporting you? Where, where is everything? Good morning, thanks for having me, I appreciate y'all. Uh, so we have been supported. For us, we've been supported by the American people. Um, you know, it's, it's we're every town USA, we feel like, you know, if, if nobody else, especially this administration, is not going to support us, then we'll rely <laughs> on each other to support each other. And uh, the American people have come through town. Uh, you, you've shown uh, President Trump come, come through town, support us, and it was more than a photo op. As you said, he, he bought uh, the residents' food, the, the first responders' food. He brought water, uh, and he brought support, and he brought attention, which is what we needed at the time. Um, which kind of left everything flat uh, by this administration. So um, while it was disappointing, we, we sure appreciate the support. Well, you're the perfect person to talk to about this because not only are you an East Palestine resident, you're a former councilman and a business owner as well, so you are really invested in the community. It's clear that uh, former President Trump's visit to your town meant a lot to you. Why don't you think President Biden has visited yet? It's a great question. I mean, at the end of the day, uh, we are the blue-collar Americans that, you know, uh, vote to put this entire uh, regime in office, uh, you know, from, from one standpoint. And, you know, while it sounds weird, we would never root against any president. They are a reflection of us, whether they are on, on the blue side of the aisle, the red side of the aisle, wherever it comes from. The, the truth is, if you, if you root against a president of the United States and you're an American, it's like rooting against the starting quarterback of your football team. It just doesn't make sense. Um, so we don't understand why we haven't uh, received the attention or the support of this administration. But again, like I said, we will not be bullied. We will not be uh, abandoned. And we certainly won't be defeated because we have the American spirit. DJ, why would a visit now, this many months later, remember the event happens, the derailment happens uh, at the beginning of February. It's a month later that President Biden says he's going to come in March, never comes. Why would a visit now matter? 
I, I honestly, I don't know. It, it, it wouldn't, I guess, from my point of view. Uh, but the reality is, is if he comes now, it's it's an obvious photo op and opportunity to just bring himself into the light of, of I went there and check the box. Yeah. Uh, we don't need that. Again, we need to support somebody that's going to come in, roll up their sleeves, and, and go to work with us. And, and it certainly hasn't happened from this What does that support look like, DJ? Like, what do you well, need? We, the businesses need financial support. Residents need to know that they're safe. Um, you know, we, I've, I've been out of my business, my, my headquarters of my business for 11 months, and nobody's been able to tell me that it's safe to go back. I have people that I employ that have, have uh, you know, different scenarios that they can't be uh, put into those situations uh, that they could die or, or they could be injured or, or have health effects for the rest of their life. Uh, I have a family to protect, and, and I've seen to the left and to the right of me, I've seen businesses go out of business and sell, um, and, and there's been no support for them. So unfortunately, for the businesses that are left, um, we either have to move, we need to make tough decisions that affect our family for generations to come. So it, for us, the residents need help first and foremost, and the businesses that are the heartbeat of that community yeah, need to be supported. Clearly, DJ, real quick, um, Governor DeWine just announced $3.3 million in forgivable loans. Have you been able to get one of those? I have not. There's 18 businesses that were very fortunate to get it, and I'm really excited and really happy for them. But unfortunately for us, mm -hmm. uh, we, were, we weren't even told. We weren't told that we got it. We weren't told that we weren't. Mm -hmm. We found out via press release, um, and it's frustrating. Oh. And it's one of those things that, um, you know, as a business owner and someone who has advocated for this town through the entire process, uh, again, I, won't, I will not lose this for my family. This is something that, yeah. that we've built from the ground up, and I'm excited to keep going. But it's it's going to be like everything. It's going to be tough. But lucky for us, we live in the good old country of uh, United States. Yeah. You're doing it because, oh, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, it sounds like Ohio needs to make that pool of money a little bit bigger. Because it hmm. says the Republican yeah. Um, it's now been more than 10 months, believe it or not, since uh, that toxic train derailment was bringing Rich McHugh uh, in East Palestine, Ohio. People there still waiting for their lives, right, Rich, to get back to normal. And Rich, our investigative correspondent, has done so much uh, reporting on that, documenting all the contamination and everything else. And um, I know you, you have some new information here as we come up on the end of the year. What is the latest, Rich? Hi, Connell. So it's hard to believe almost that we're, we're beyond 10 months, actually, since the derailment and the burn, and they're still finding chemicals in the creeks. I spoke with Dr. Rick Chai, who's uh, been actively going in the creeks, trying to test them and hold the EPA accountable and basically prove the EPA wrong. He sent me a picture. I'm not sure if we have it, but it showed just yesterday on Christmas, chemicals horribly, still horribly contaminated. And I spoke to him earlier, and he had this to say. It's some of the worst contamination I've seen, again, in the last 10 months. Nothing has changed. Um, we've been forgotten. We've been abandoned. President Biden hasn't even supplied one bit as a one uh, bottle of water. We've been abandoned by the entire government. The corruption that I've seen in local, state, and federal government here in East Palestine. And, Rich, that is a microcosm of what's going on in the nation right now. So this is a resident, a longtime resident of East Palestine. He's lived there for 30 years, doing his own to hold, uh, you know, their feet to the fire and doing quite a good job of it, Connell. So he, and he's running, he's running then for Congress. Is that the... Yeah, the news, the, the news is that he's running. He's, this is a, hmm. uh, he's a chiropractor. He's a black belt in martial arts, son of a, uh, he's a first generation, um, son of a Chinese immigrant. 
And he's decided, like, he's not going to wait for Congress to do their job. He's actually going to run for the seat that is, that is opening. I asked him earlier this morning, what do people need to know about you? Take a look. I care about people. You know, uh, when I saw what happened to the victims down at the rail site at the crash, and they were ignored and abandoned by the company that did it, ignored by the local government, ignored by the state government, ignored by the federal government, and I have a lot to lose. I've done pretty well in life, but I fought all those entities the entire way, and I will fight whatever's going on in your town. So I'm going to win this. I'm going to win this. Now he for tells Ohio. me that he has a, a. He tells me that he has a big name endorsement coming. Somebody that the world that will be known worldwide. The primary hmm. is March 19th. Hmm. That's the first step in this. He'll be all right. So let's keep a keep an eye out for him. Uh, chiropractors tend to know uh, more about your health and tend That's to true. take take the you know health into you know greater care and greater consideration. All right. So are we saying goodbye to Facebook? We are. But before we do, could tell everybody where they can join us on um, oh yes, January this 13th. is so exciting. So. At, at Bard's Fest, everything changed, at least for me, um, for our ministry. The power of God fell, and I just felt we completely leveled up it to a whole nother level. And while we were there, we met uh, Tag and Becky Morris. And lo and behold, they don't live that far from us, about three hours. Let me drop this screen here so I can pull up this flyer. Uh, about three hours from us, and they have a church small group. And they have invited us to come out and do a revival in their shop. Like they have a heated shop. It's really big. And they have a small group there. And they said, would you come and do a revival there? And we said, yes. So January 13th, it's a Saturday in Oxford, Indiana. We are going to be doing a revival. So if you need a move of God, if you need a touch of God, if you need a word from God, if you need healing, if you need deliverance, if you know anybody that needs any of that, anybody that needs just salvation, you need to get to this revival all of the information is on resistancechicks.com. If you click on the Dan Patch Revival banner in the upper right-hand corner of resistancechicks.com, you can see the information there. We are going to be staying overnight at Tag and Becky's. This is going to be like an all-night thing. So get a hotel, come. Nikki is thinking about coming. Oh, wow. All awesome. the way from South Carolina. Wow. Yes, she said maybe Jack's going to get baptized by fire. So um, really excited about that. Scott has been announcing it on his show every single day. So we want to see you guys there. If you want to join us, we're going to have worship. They're going to have food. You can get there at five. They usually have food. They're going to provide the food, which is amazing. That's huge. Their small group is getting ready. Um, so we're just really excited about it. So, you know, after Bards Fest, everybody that couldn't make it, they were like, man, I really wish I could make it. Can we do some kind of like pop-up things? Can we have Brian and Alicia come around the country? And we talked about all of these things. Well, we're actually doing it. Okay, so if you live anywhere within driving distance of Indiana and you were or were not able to make it to Bards Fest or any of these other events that we have done, we want to encourage you guys to come and join us on January 13th, 2024 in Oxford, Indiana. Super excited about it. And if you are going to come, shoot me an email. Let me know so we can know yeah. um, about how many people we're expecting. Exactly. We don't have to sign up or anything like that, but you can always yeah. just shoot me an email and say, hey, we're coming. Yes, Uncle Jack. Yes. And they haven't uploaded? Yeah. 
Okay. okay. I'll check it out after our show. Okay. You got it, boss. So our cousins uh, have, no, it's the, the coolest thing have ever. a picture frame. Okay. And they can take pictures and they can send them they can to the picture them frame. That to the picture frame. Yeah. Remotely. Yeah. All they have to do is have the app and on their phone. you said that they're missing now? They're, they, Jason uploaded pictures and now they're not there. So, so I gotta check it out. He's gonna sleuth it out and investigate find them in the, the cloud. photos. Let's go find the pictures. There's find someone. the pictures on the cloud. You used to be just like have pictures in your hand. You didn't lose them. I know. Right? All right, so goodbye to uh, the book of the face, and let's we're gonna stay in Ohio for a minute here. Bye, Facebook. All right, well, we'll tell them what we're gonna talk about. Mike DeWine vetoed House Bill 68. Uh, Were House Bill 68 to become law, Ohio would be saying uh, that the state and the government knows better than what's medically best for a child than the two people who love them most, the parents. That's a quote. That's a lie. That's a a lie. That's a quote from Mike uh, Mike DeWine. All right, and so that's it for Facebook. That's your little tease to come over to Rumble and watch the rest of the show. Mm-hmm. All right, so in Ohio, we it, it's it's a very sticky situation here in Ohio politically wise when it comes to abortion and trans rights and um, and 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 right now we have a we have a constitutional amendment on our bill that pretty much legalizes Not pedophilia. On our bill. They have made it. They have a done constitutional it. amendment. That um, passed. That passed. That legalizes pedophilia, abortion up to birth, mm-hmm. and any sort of trans surgery. But the Ohio legislature is trying to um, get ahead of that because the the wording isn't clear in the constitutional amendment. Uh, it's it's mostly about abortion, but it says any person has a has um, a right to their reproductive decisions, which would be any sort of trans surgeries or anything. Mm-hmm. So and would also include. If they wanted to, they, this is what, it legalizes pedophilia because mm-hmm. because any kind of sexual relations Would is be, related to your reproduction. Yeah, right. And so that's how they can slip in legalizing pedophilia. So uh, the higher legislature, we, we know a couple really good um, good ones in our house. Jennifer, uh, Jennifer Gross. Gross being one of them, uh, crafted a bill. Ohio's Republican Governor Mike DeWine vetoed a bill just today that would protect children from dangerous and permanent transgender medical procedures and ban male born transgender athletes from playing as females in girls and women's sports. Now, Riley Gaines is weighing in on this. Everybody's weighing in on this. I want to, I'm going to kind of get through some of the weeds on this. A state legislature passed the enact Ohio saving adolescents from experimentation, the safe act. Um, With the veto, the Republican governor broke from his party, which overwhelmingly supported the measure. While the GOP-led legislature does have enough GOP seats to override DeWine's veto, it is not known when or if this might occur. DeWine showed that he accepted the left's hysterical claims that opposition to transgenderism causes trans kids to commit suicide. The governor said he made his veto decision after speaking to medical providers and added, I've listened to youth and parents, parents who have told me if not for this treatment, their child will be dead. That's an absolute lie. Lie. Uh, DeWine said the consequences of this bill could not be more profound. Ohio would be saying the state, the government, knows better than two people who love that child the most, the parents. Now, he's supposedly pro-life. That is exactly the argument that the left gives, the pro-abortions give for the woman. What? What? How can you say that you're pro-life? Because how can you say, Mike DeWine, that a woman, 
can, can Mike DeWine is no longer pro-life. He is a far-left radical. I don't know if he was ever pro-life. He signed the Harpy Bill thinking it would never go anywhere. This man is a maniac lying to your face because I'm telling you something. If he is not pro-life, if he is not then he is a maniac, psychopathic liar because he led everyone to believe that he was this big Catholic guy who who, who loved children, who loved and, and was big, 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 big pro-lifer. But let me tell you something. The argument is actually greater against transgenderism than it is for abortion because even people who are pro-abortion are against the mutilating of children, live it's children. That's so true. You're okay? Right. Because we talked, we had a lot of people talk to leftists on a bill that would actually, if, 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 if here's the thing, in Ohio, they passed abortion to birth. They didn't know it was abortion to birth. Ohioans thought that they were just abortion. They didn't, they don't know much about abortion. But when talking to parents about transgender th- surgeries and all that stuff, most parents say, "I, you know what? That bill went too far. Okay. But they didn't know it was in the bill. Oh. <sighs> Okay, he went even further and noted that he is directing his administration to craft rules that would accede to the transgender lobby and try to head off any meddling by the legislature. He also employed the legislature to join him in affirming radical transgenderism for children. I invite members of the General Assembly to meet with us, to collaborate, to work with us. What we have found is there needs to be a process, he says, while insisting he is hewing on the side Mm. of parents who want to transgender their children. What is that when you're talking about a woman who wants to abort the baby inside of her body? You have parents who want to cut the genitals off of their children. What is wrong with you? I can't can't even breathe. Even normal (laughs) Democrats know that this is absolutely wrong. You don't cut the breast off a five, 15 year old. You don't do it. Wow. You don't do it. This is, this is the line in the sand. You are a crazy maniac. And, and you know what? There are, <laughs> there are some parents like Chloe Cole's parents who thought yes. that they were doing the right thing, but she was led astray by the society Okay, and we know this goes from Alfred Kinsey, but here we are at the tip of the iceberg, right? Okay, we do other shows where we talk about what's underneath. But right now we're talking about what's above the water. We're talking about the tip of the iceberg. We're talking about cutting the genitals off of 15-year-olds. I met one. Yeah, I know. I met two. How is it that in the past year I have met two girls with their breasts cut off and Mm. and they are upset about it, with their voices deepened and they're sad about it, with facial hair and they can't get rid of it? Because we have like a a million billion dollar wing in the children's hospital down in Cincinnati for just this. So it's like we've got this wing, we got to use it. So we have to find the And they want their breasts back. They want their voice back. They want their hair back. Listen, one of these would be a crime to -hmm. take somebody's hair. This poor girl, she has a receding hairline and almost no hair. This girl that I met at our revival. Now, I will say this. She, this one girl that I met, and I lost her information. I wrote it on a piece of paper, and I wish I could find it. She came up to us at the revival. I was very busy, and 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 if you are ever watching, please come. Please contact us again. Yes. But she holds Bible studies for teenagers yes. now, and she does want to get married, and she does want to have kids, and so we're praying for the for God to to fix her body. But she yes. doesn't know what these things said to her. So House Bill sixty eight was passed in the state house with a party line of sixty four to twenty eight. 
And in the Senate, by 24 to 8. Only one Republican crossed the aisle to vote with the Democrats, Nathan Manning. Not a Republican. Wicked, wicked, wicked man. You're not a Republican. Here it comes. Hmm. Take him to the woodshed, whatever that means. I don't even know. When did people take it? You know what? We need some old-fashioned John Waynes. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Uh, DeWine has been an avowed opponent of protecting women's sports from incursions of male-born athletes. President of the American Principles Project, Terry Schilling, blasted DeWine. Our country has lately entered a new era that especially calls for courageous leadership. I don't know what is so courageous about saying we don't want men with willies in a girl's bathroom. And we don't want boys with willies participating in girls' sports. That is not courageous. That's just normal. Courageous is D-Day. <laughs> this is not courageous, you bunch of soy boy cowards. It's just courageous to stand up against a bunch of people who want to, 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 to literally defy science. We have had science and science and fake science shoved down our throat, but for all of time, since the beginning of time, there have been men and there have been women. It is written in the stars and in your DNA. And yes, there are some who are hermaphrodites, but we're not talking about them. We don't, and you know how, why, how come in all of these arguments and all that I've ever had growing up, we've never said, there's a person in school and they're a hermaphrodite and they don't know if they're a girl or a boy, so we have to let them choose. That is normal. Yeah, but we don't, you don't, that never really comes up because that person usually quietly makes that decision and you never know. They're treating transgenders don't like actually, hermaphrodites. Here's the deal, here's the deal. Legitimate people who have this problem yeah. don't come out and shout it from the rooftops. They just deal. Yeah. Okay? They figure it out. Know what I'm saying? But if that's what we were dealing with, but that's what they're asking us, because I can see that. I can see, because if you're born with both, okay, and there's a, there's a mix-up there. But your chromosomes aren't usually mixed up. Are they? I don't know. I don't think so. I don't know. No, you're, no, hermaphrodites are not just boy or girl. You have to look them up. They're, it's, it's not, no. Your chromosomes are mixed up as well? You got to do a Google Joe Rogan search on it. <laughs> I'm not looking it up right now. Okay, be courageous. America's most powerful institutions claim, despite the obvious physical evidence to the contrary, that men can become women and vice versa. Even worse, they are encouraging young children to undergo dangerous medical procedures which sterilize and mutilate their bodies to pursue this impossible goal. And our elites cheer as confused men enter into athletic competitions against women, depriving female athletes of a fair playing field and sometimes even putting their safety at risk. Now, more than ever, we need leaders who will stand up to these egregious lies and, and act to protect our children and families. Unfortunately, Governor DeWine has shown he is no such leader. History will forever remember that when courage was called for, common sense, not courage, you little man. DeWine said game into cowardice and cave to the transgender industry that is preying on so many vulnerable individuals, despite the fact that most Republicans and even some Democrats are now seeing this predatory industry for what it is, DeWine still refused to do the right thing. Today's decision by DeWine is useful for one thing. It shows he is not a capable leader for our times. 
Too bad he couldn't have done it before the last election. So Riley Gaines says, if our leaders can't find it within themselves to protect women and children, it's our time to collect, our, our, elect new leaders. In favor of men and women's sports in locker rooms and children being chemically and surgically castrated, despicable. Cat Turd says, this is the face of evil. And here we are. So um, Scott Kesterson says... I'm not reading the last one that he says. Parents that want to mutilate a child have a child have a special place in hell. Um, Jay Ray says reduced life expectancy to 20 plus years, bone problems, hormone dependence for life, higher um, AD intake. If you love your child, you don't affirm a child's delusions. Very, very well said. Mm. Biffmo says when Divine was in D.C., he never met with any state of Ohio stars of life EMS I received the award in 2004. Chris says, God help us by making your will done on earth as it is in heaven. Child mutilation and these abominations will be abolished in the name of Jesus. Amen. The bill banned doctors from prescribing puberty blockers and cross-sex hormones and from performing transgender surgeries on minors. Mike DeWine he, I think Mike DeWine said he wants to ban surgeries, mm -hmm. but not the hormones. Do you understand what puberty blockers and hormones do to these kids? He said during the press conference that his administration is going to work to draft rules to prevent minors from accessing this kind of medical treatment. Hmm. DeWine did not clarify when asked if he was just opposed to banning non-surgical gender-affirming treatments. I'm in favor of what I've said, which is that I'm in favor of parents making these very difficult decisions, not the government. So... He's lying and he's trying to obfuscate and he's trying to say, I'm kind of in favor of this. I'm not in favor of that. We don't know where he stands. He just says parents, 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 parents. Well, what about women? What about women who commit abortion? Here's the thing that gets me about that, Mr. DeWine, because I think that your statement there is phenomenal. You mm. know why? Here's what I want DeWine to do. Get rid of all CPS. No more CPS because sure. now parents make all decisions. Uh, good parent. Every parent is going to make. Parent want to beat child. Parent decision. Yes. Yes. Parent not feed child. Parent, parent decision. Parent make children walk out the barefoot in snow. Parent decision. Parent make child sleep outside. Parent decision. Parent decision. You have no home. Parent decide to not vaccinate. Parent, parent decision. decision. So you have to draw the line between abuse mm. and proper mm. care of a child. Exactly. And what he is saying is that you don't get to say the parents know all the medical decisions to have for you children. You don't get to have it both ways. What is abuse of a child? You have to figure out what is abuse. We have common sense to say, hey, starving a child is child abuse. We don't starve children. We don't beat children. And we don't cut their genitals off. And we don't stick a bunch of crazy, weird hormones inside them. Hormones that have you know, what? Never been tested. You know where some of these hormones treatments come from? Adult things for other issues. You know what gets me is just, this is all so new. Mm -hmm. Because at the start of Resistance Chicks six years ago, mm -hmm. we're looking at FGF. FMG, female, but, FGM, female genital mutilation that, that parents the, do in, in the, in the, the Islamic, yeah. you know, whatever. 
that. The lefts were all against they that. They were all against it. Yeah. You don't mess with the genitals of children, okay? Historically, yeah. it's been bad. Even people that are born hermaphrodites. Everybody knows that if doctors start to step in and mm -hmm. mess with the genitals of children, it almost always ends up horribly. Mm -hmm. Okay? It is better to let it, to let that person grow and as an adult, let them make that decision. Mm -hmm. It never, ever, ever ends well mm -hmm. to go and start doing surgery on genitals, no. especially growing little ones. Okay? And we still have people that are upset about just um, getting, uh, I want to say castrated, what the Hebrews did, what they do when you get your circumcised, circumcised. <laughs> and we still have people that are upset that people are allowed to circumcise their children. And yet, you still have these wackos out there that are like, you know what, don't circumcise your child, but if your child says they want to cut it all off, go ahead. I can't with these people. Hot places in hell for these people. Oh my gosh. A couple more morality stories of this week. Uh, Pornhub admits to profiting from sex trafficking agrees to 1.8 million settlement and deal with feds. Aloyo Holdings, the owner of Pornhub, one of the largest adult content web websites, which needs to be shut down by the way, has admitted to profiting from sex trafficking, including minors. There are many videos that have been put up on um, Pornhub and a lot of them have to do with um, children. Is there something else that needs to be said? I had, Scott was complaining okay. about the fact that I didn't read his comment and I will because it's fine. It's just very Scott. He says, if you work, if you were born with both, your parents probably worked at a nuclear waste facility. Mm. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Uh, the move comes months after the acquisition of ILO, formerly MindGeek, by investor and rabbi Solomon Friedman, who says he wants to turn the company's image around following this and other scandals involving illegal content on the platform. Uh, in addition to the $1.8 in, in individual compensation to women harmed by trafficking, Pornhub must appoint an independent monitor for three years, after which the charges will be dismissed. It is our hope that this resolution, which includes certain agreed payments to the women whose images were posted on the company's platforms and an independent monitorship, bring some measure of closure to those negatively affected. Um, the company is estimated to have generated more than $200 million in 2022, with operating margins of nearly 30%. James Smith, head of the FBI's New York office, said ILO Holdings knowingly enriched itself by turning a blind eye to victims who told the company they had been deceived and coerced into videos. Oh Prosecutors said ILO has agreed to pay victims wow. compensation. The operators of Girls Do Porn, the now defunct adult film production company, were charged with and eventually convicted of a range of sex trafficking crime, including coercing young women into sexual acts on camera, which were then posted to Pornhub and other adult websites. Prosecutors alleged that between 2017 and 2020, ILO received money that company executives knew or should have known, came from Goral's porn sex trafficking operation. The company received over $100,000 from that website and around $764,000 from advertisers uh, to, attributable to the com production company. That's just one area of Pornhub. There are several others where uh, children are on this site. Oh, it's just um, despicable. There is, nothing, there is nothing good about pornography. And I want to read this uh, from a, a woman who wrote a book called Love Thy Body. And this is a quote from the book. 
The most extreme example of depersonalized sex is pornography. The viewer disconnects the woman's body from any interest in who she is as a person. Pornography tears apart what is meant to be in integrated, treating the body as an object or an instrument for one's own purposes. Tragically, porn is where many young people are getting their sex education today, yeah. which is what is leading to these trans surgeries, by the way. Naomi Wolf describes students she interviewed at a large university. It became clear that after a decade of having access to the Internet, they were intimately familiar with porn, but intimacy... And the hearts of the opposite sex were more of an elusive mystery than ever. Wow. From childhood, young people are awash in sexual imagery, but sexual intimacy is increasingly difficult to achieve. Even sexual, secular researchers are growing alarmed about porn's harmful consequences. Porn is a public health crisis, blared a Washington Post article. The science is in beyond dispute, for example. It is a content in a content analysis of best-selling and most-rented porn films. Researchers found that 88%, 90%, you could almost say all the scenes contain physical aggression, oh violence. Oh Most of the victims were women. As a result, those who watched mainstream pornography were more likely to say they would commit rape or sexual assault if they knew they wouldn't be caught. Today, the average age of the boy first encounters pornography is nine years old. Mm. By the time he is an adult, he has been consuming porn for more than a decade. How does that affect his relationships with real women? Time Magazine reports many of them are simply unable to experience a sexual response with a real-life woman. They are only able to respond to pornography on the screen. In fact, they prefer pornography. Oh. In other words, they prefer not going to the trouble of dealing with a real person. I can't even. Dealing with a real person. Oh. And this is why this goes back to Scott's uh, film and to the documentary on why did God make 2-1? Why this particular act is, is, has been downgraded to the point where now children don't even want to do mm. it. And this is where this leads. This is what I try to tell everybody, even as a teenager. This is not going to end well. Your free sex that you think is so great, your over-gratification is oh, sexual obesity. Okay? Wow. People who consume porn, if they're looking in the mirror, they are walking around like 500-pound people. Mm. They need help. Wow. Okay? They That's need good. an intervention. Okay? You need to consume imagery and, and have relationships that are healthy, okay, where you are not viewing the other person as an object. If I see one more person that, that the, it was so crazy about our society is that we have on the one hand this, this obesity um, acceptance, you know, I don't like the word fat, fat acceptance, I'll say it one time, okay, I don't like that word. And we have this acceptance of very large, unhealthy bodies, okay? Where that acceptance is supposed to be for people in a range of, of sizes that range in a healthy range. Particularly some of my favorites are from the Country Life vlog, where I feel like I must have, be descended from these people because they have these very large calves. They're very stout women. Oh, they have strong shoulders. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, my people, when I go stand <laughs> up to a, next to a person, I'm like, I don't know where these things came from. I have, I am 5'4", and I have the shoulders of somebody who's like 5'11". No, no, no. I do. Your shoulder, people think, it's so funny. 
My friend Catherine measured my shoulders and my sister's shoulders. She is almost 5'8". We have the same size shoulders, same width. Okay, my hands are just a little bit smaller than Michelle's, but there's like the same. Yours are way smaller than mine. Hang yeah. on, right hand. Let's get over the thing you, here. That's my left hand. Okay. Okay. Oh, actually, your hands are. But hang on, my my hand is way more broad than yours. But is. my fingers. Look how long my you fingers do have are. And I don't long say it's way. Michelle, go ahead. Look at that. Look at that. Like now, my left hand's way bigger than yours. We have. You have, we both have different. Face the other way. They don't. No, not that way, the other way. It's okay, so my, my fingers no, no. are just a bit shorter. But I, but I come from stock. <laughs> okay, Swedish stock. My grandfather came over from Sweden. He's got these broad shoulders. My mom's side of the family, stocky people. My mom is not. My mom is petite, petite. Yeah, Patriot Gallery is a, we and I don't shoulders. get any of our body figures from Patriot Gallery. I get long fingernails from her. That's all I got. Okay. I'm, I'm like a beast, man. I don't mind it. But my point is this. There should be a range of acceptance, of body acceptances within a healthy range. Right. Unfortunately, we only have two extremes. The super slim, sexualized image. Which and is now we've false. got Now we've got the obesity. But the people here in the middle who are like, hey, whoa. <laughs> Because now what's your, you're overcompensating in both directions. Right. Because the conservatives are overcompensating on Twitter and other, other places and fat shaming and fat shaming everybody who's not a size two. Dude, this has literally become an acceptable practice in conservatism on Twitter, which is why I think it's the cesspool I of hell. I absolutely hate it. I absolutely They're like, hate no, it. no, 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 no. Fat shaming is really good because it keeps people from getting fat. No, it doesn't. And what is fat shaming to you? What is fat shaming? If somebody has, and what's the, so I hate it. I absolutely hate it, but I will end with this stupid story because it's been bothering well, me all so week. Well, so Wicked Psych has, I have to read this comment because okay. it's pointed out one of my superpowers, which is this. Um, if you hold your arms straight out, the distance right. from fingertip to fingertip equals your height, unless you have a superpower. Mine is, mine is 5'4". Yours is exactly 5'4". Michelle's is 5'11". And I'm five seven and a half, five seven three quarters. Michelle's is literally Michelle is the three wingspan. Three inches. So what that means is she can grab things with the arms of a five eleven person. I am Stretch Armstrong. Yeah, she's got a plus three, which is which is a that's superpower. a really big one. It's a super. Most of power. them turn into like Olympians. You should have been. Why am I a not swimmer. an Olympian? You should have been a swimmer because with those arms, you really could have swum. <laughs> you said swum. I was going to say. Okay, so. Calendar gate, I, I, it's oh been bothering gosh. me. Oh my gosh. You woke me up with this. So in conservative Twitter realm, there <laughs> is a guy who calls himself, conser has ultra right beer. After, but you know what I'm really glad about? Beer sales across the border down since Bud Light. Oh, good. People just decide Stop I'm not drinking, drinking beer. I'm drinking Stop beer. drinking beer, that's really bad for Forget you, right? It. So, but there's a guy, a conservative guy, a conservative guy who created a, uh, who created a beer. It's called Ultra Right. Instead of Bud Light, it's called Ultra Right. But it's not Ultra Right because Ultra Right would be conservative. So he's lying. Then he calls himself a conservative dad, which he's actually lying about too. So he thought he'd come up with a calendar um, that would be kind of cute and kitschy and, and grab a bunch of conservative women like Dana Lesh um, and people you really don't know. You only really know Dana Lesh. You know Lesh why you don't know them? Because they're probably the ones doing the raunchy ones because they couldn't get anybody that you actually know to well, do the raunchy Well, the other pictures. girl from uh, The Blaze that you see sometimes I play. Tommy Loren? No, no, no. You don't know her name. You don't know her name. It's Sarah okay. Gonzalez, I think. Her name okay. Um, so 
people gone back and forth on whether this, you know, are you being overly sensitive? Bryce, uh, Bryson, Bryson Gay, Gray, Gray, the rapper, he's totally against it. And we're and and then you've got the redhead, the libertarian. She's big on Twitter. There's a whole group of people, and there's a click on Twitter. Okay, it's, it's a click. The rest of the world doesn't know who any of these people are. Okay, I do because what happens is Twitter funnels you to these specific people. Okay, and Elon Musk engages with these people too. And so I just kind of watch from the outside, like, hi, they should have won't let me in. It's fine. I'm, I'm censored. It's fine. Whatever. You're care. still bitter about it because every time you bring it up, it's like the air gets sucked out of you. No, I'm fine. No, you're not. Yeah. Right, right, right. So we, we're calling it, um, we're calling, they, they're calendar calling gate. it Calendar Gate. Now, I'm going to show you a couple pictures. Okay, so I'm pulling this something This one up here. is, look away. Okay, but I want to show you. Did you retweet this? No, no, it's up there. Okay. It's on there. No soup for Knowles. This is one of the women in the pictures. This is one of the ultra right. It's going to be, I think, more to your left. Um, you can close those out if you want to. There it is. Now, this one is a busty picture. If you can look away, I'm only going to play it for a little bit. Uh, it's not that bad, but. I love that there's a sensitive No, she put it on there. Oh, okay. She, she put it on there because this girl was like. What, uh, uh, what is the point of this picture if not to be provocative? Oh, okay. wow. Okay. So, okay. We're clicking off of that. Okay. So that is it. one of the pictures. Yeah, that's pretty bad. But, but some of the others. Are you going to retweet them? Yeah, let me see if I can find. Um, that's in the conservative calendar. Uh, it's one of them. Yeah, okay. I believe so. Uh, and there are people find... that are saying that this is okay. People on our side. Yeah. Who who are the people that are advocating for this again, besides the actual guy that put it out? So the redheaded libertarian and even like Tim Pools. Uh, oh, looks like you've got Pool. Katie Hopkins weighing in. Uh, boys, uh, Charlie, Jack, Bryson, are be uh, be better than this. You are firing inside the tent. The calendar girls have cared for the bodies God gave for them. Can you say the same? So we should have strong women who take good pictures of themselves. So Kate, that's what Katie Hopkins is saying. This is why we're not willing. Okay. And we actually are winning, but this is why this is why we're losing in the areas so we're losing. So put in my Let Twitter me... and just put in Calendar Gate. Oh dear God. And this As is one word. Yeah, Calendar. Oh, there it's right there. Okay. So just we're just gonna scroll through. Pictures or the No, the we're going to scroll through the, the, the right. posts. Okay. And I'll show you what's going on in Twitter world in the conservative world. And you guys can weigh in because this is bothering me. All okay. Right. So the red-headed libertarian, she's one of the women. Take in, my mouse. She's one of the women in the magazine and hers is decent. Most of them are decent. Most of them, Dana Lesh is in there and she's got two, a t-shirt on and got two guns. But this guy, his name is Seth Weather, Weathers and he's got the ultra-right beer, is on a mission, blah, blah, blah. Funny thing is... Uh, Seth Weathers gave me a copy of the ultra right calendar and I didn't open it because I felt scuzzy scouting, uh, my hot female, uh, friends. Then I saw their pictures online and it was hot. Deal with it. Okay. No, but you're, so you're still scuzzy. So calendar gate was shockingly awesome. We need more sex talk. So here we have, um, Katie Hopkins weighing in saying, Hey, let them do it. Bryson Gay wrote a song. Right. Uh, great. He did a whole song on it? I guess so. Let's see. Say it 
three words and I got everybody mad. Blair White, Rob Smith, it seem like everybody fast. Trying to change definitions. This conservative class, you can't be a pimp and call yourself conservative dad. Uh-oh. I'm about to burn it down. What a matches. Y'all say other women jealous, but why? All y'all plastic. And you better calm down. You know Bryson really is savage. Ask Ashley St. Clair. I'll really call you a... <laughs> Oh, they mad? Yeah, I got it. How you Christian, but you selling lust to men? That's demonic. Everybody talk about me. I guess I'm the trending topic. But for Christ, I'm a skate. I should have worked that Sonic. <laughs> hey. Okay, now demon hunt. If it's not traditional values, you're not conserving none. Y'all got porn brain and sex sales. We all know they hustling. And if you a woman, please don't speak to me. Go get your husband. Am I wrong for saying they should be more covered? Christian women keep it low-key like it's Thor's brother. If you a demon, stay away unless you a sword ducker. When I slay demons, I focus because they build four tougher. And by the way, let it truth be told. I don't care about getting invited on none of y'all shows. Even if weapons form in the hands of all of my foes. I obey Christ, so I've been covered since the day that he rose. And to be real, y'all better chill before y'all all get exposed at these conservative events. Because everyone knows a woman should dress modestly and she's a house of control. So last words, shut up and go put on some clothes. <laughs> So they they were they've been all picking on him. That's so because, good. Yeah. Um, oh so, wow! Even the cover just go past. So we see the cover. That's the that's the main worst picture. Okay, okay. So here we have gays for Trump. Her. I bet he's thinking about the beer calendar. Why are so many billionaires building secret underground? And like, why are people thinking about this? It's no big deal. Um, returning uh, to Twitter after Christmas break to see all hell has broken loose with Calendar Gate. <laughs> And the Chris and, and you've got Mike Cernovich saying, what are all you people waiting on this? Tim Pool's waiting in, saying people making too much big deal out of it. Um Go faster, Leah. Uh, guy, oh my gosh, hang on. Leah. Wait, I'm reading her. Be better. These are the people. But if you're gonna scroll through these pictures, you have to be more attentive to Guys, what you're doing. I have my team on it. I have your very own Ashley Sinclair go down 20 any further. I have to I have to screen share. Okay. I have to in or you just These are the people. I don't care, Leah. I'm not gonna show some girls Heine on my show. It's, I ain't doing it. I guess there is a whole Heine there. There's an entire Heine. Uh, it's Eva, July. So Eva says, since I've seen influence on this platform called the beer calendar featuring the most beautiful conservative women in America. Okay, so an now absolute this disgrace. is the one that everybody is probably is sharing as if, oh, look, everything's fine. Yeah. This is the redheaded libertarian. No, this I'm not. A, a, this oh, is yeah, a yeah, fine yeah, yeah, picture. Yeah, right, 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 right. And she's got a cross in the background. Except for she's showing her bra, which is so stupid. But, okay, but it's and it's provocative. She's standing provocatively. I feel like the cross in the background, you're you may be going to hell. Yeah. Just because of what you're trying to do here. Right. All right. Right. So she's like, um, call it the most beautiful conservative women in America, an absolute disgrace and even demonic. I have a few things to say. First of all, demonic forces in this world are very real. Evil is very real and it has to be fought at all costs. I'd therefore be extremely careful slapping the word demonic onto everything you don't like. And comes across as self-righteous, holier than thou. Second of all, it's a freaking beer calendar featuring pretty conservative women. What's the big deal? Beauty is one of the three transcendentals, truth, goodness, and beauty. The celebration of beauty, God's creation, by the way, doesn't automatically equal the cheap sexualization of it. Celebrating female beauty is something that has been done throughout of all Christian Europe. It's become clear to me that some people on the conservative right wing have a historically inaccurate perception of how Christian civilization has viewed female beauty throughout the ages. Looking at the paintings of the greatest artists of all times and their portraits of women, their beauty has been celebrated throughout the ages, and I hate to break it to you, but one often sees more than a bit of collarbone. The female form was never concealed or shamed the way Islamic cultures have done That's and still do. That's not true! Just wait a minute! So then a bunch I'm of people done. put in all a bunch of the, the old art books that my mom wouldn't let us really look through. Listen to me. That's not what's being done. When 
Adam and Eve ate of the fruit, the forbidden fruit, what did God do? He put some clothes on it. <laughs> you, know, you feel me? He put clothes on the people. That's what he did. And I am a firm believer that every single human being looks infinitely better mm. with clothes on mm -hmm. than with clothes off. Okay. So, so um, this is the, I don't know if you can scroll down. And Patriot Gallery's calling out Laura Logan. Yes, ma'am. Okay, so if you go back to the timeline and scroll down and it. find this one. Uh-uh. This one. The one and I don't like it. This one. This hey, one. Leah. Yeah. This person right here is why I'm not pulling it up. Okay. Just I'm not doing it. Okay. All right. Well, the rest of the pictures, I would say. Y'all can go okay, to Twitter okay, okay. yourself and put okay, you in so a calendar one, two, date. Hashtag. Three, four, five, six of the pictures. Seven of them are decent. The rest of them are not so decent. Okay. And so the problem is is that you've got these so-called conservatives on the right calling this, uh, like making fun of people, okay? Making fun of people, calling out and saying, no, you shouldn't do this. You should not. So let me read to you. All of these people on the wrong side of this, either they look at porn or their partner does. No. Yes, that's what I'm saying. No, these girls are happy. You don't understand. These girls starve themselves and get the plastic surgery and they get the Botox and they get all these things done. But and they I'm want saying to they're be looked okay at. with pornography. That's what I just said. Yeah, but they want to be looked at. I just said all these people that are on the wrong side of this either look at pornography or their partner does and they're okay with it. I don't know. I believe that 100% because this is pornography. Yeah. But Dana Lesh. I can guarantee you she's okay with pornography. Really? If she's in this calendar, she's okay with pornography. She wore a t-shirt yes. and two Yes, I don't guns. care though. You can't be in a calendar like this and not be okay with pornography. You can't be a person that says, I'm against pornography and be in this calendar or promote it or defend it at all. You do not get to be both because this is straight up porn. Jason Whitlock. I love this man. Here's his final word. This, he says, the bikini calendar is conservative. It's not Christian. Identifying as a conservative does not curb or reduce immorality or lust, not remotely. People embrace a political identity because it grants them the freedom to satiate all carnal desires. Political identities allow us to pretend our political opponents are the cause of our woes. Christianity should force you to deal with the man or woman in the mirror. I see drag queens at schools and men and boys competing against women in, women in sports, and I sincerely ask how I contributed to this insanity. The answer is simple. I participated in a culture that was centered, flaunted, and glamorized heter heteros heterosexual immorality. For every action, there's an equal opposite reaction. The Come LGBTQI uh, plus silent P crowd has centered, I think that's the P, uh, the pedophiles, <laughs> has centered, yeah, flaunted, exactly and glamorized its sexuality. You see, I participated in constructing the slippery slope that got us here. The Sports Illustrated swimsuit issue I ogled as a kid and a young adult and the R-rated movies with the unnecessary sex scenes, the night spent making it rain at the Spearmint Rhino, the hypersexualized rap songs I partied to, the 30 minutes wasted scrolling through somebody's Instagram 
I was a full participant in an immodest and immoral heterosexual culture, a culture that sold Carl Jr.'s. Remember Carl Jr.'s that were sexualized in the, in the, in the ads with hamburgers and sexual lust? Now I'm angry at the alphabet mafia for their immodest and immoral culture. I can't be a fool and a hypocrite and ignore my culpability. The conservative calendar is a false belief that public heterosexual lust is good. It is not. It's the slippery slope. Christians need to make a modesty, make modesty popular again. Wearing a Christian identity needs to become popular again. People running around trying to prove how liberal or conservative they are won't fix our broken world. So far, trying to prove how Christian I am stopped me from going to strip clubs, listening to commercial Come rap on. music, and stalking this woman's Instagram. It has curbed a lot of other self-destructive behaviors. I am not patting myself on the back. I struggle daily. I'm rambling. My point is we should not be surprised that, quote, conservatives think they can model proper lust. Conservatives are every bit as immoral as liberals. Boom. Jason Whitlock. Well said. That's He does those little, like, um, missile things that drop. And so what they have done is they're so angry at the Dylan Mul Mulvaney's. And they're so angry that in a, you know what? They're a Miller Light, I think, Miller Beer came out, or one of them came out and said, we're getting rid of the bikini pictures. And so the conservatives, they're like, we'll in their up. lust for taking down Bud Light, have decided, well, don't get rid of the naked women. We want to ogle after, we want to make women naked great again. Let me say this. And because of. Oh, because because the left is adding in the transgenders, the conservatives are like, well, let's bring back Victoria's Secret models. Make them great no, again. No, they, they they, that's great. exactly what they've been they doing. They were never great to me. Like, well, and what they don't that understand. That was the left thing. Hang on. That what they the don't left. understand the left. is that the, left? We, the only reason we ended up at yeah. transgender surgeries and cutting off the genitals of children yes. is because of that slippery slope of the Victoria's Secret models. It was the of left. The swimsuit models. It was the left. It was the left non-Christian liberals that did the beer commercials to begin with. They weren't conservatives. There was nothing conservative about Bud Light or Miller Light in their bikini calendars. Do you understand this? Yes. Do you understand this? But the problem is you're so stuck on your sports men. Okay, that you're ogling. You know what? Go out and play football and you won't need to look at cheerleaders, you wimpy, lazy, beer belly, man boob, disgusting perverts. You, most of you, most of you looking at this calendar, your belly, oh gosh, hangs 12 inches over your belt. Wow, Leah. And you want to say, but let's make sexy women sexy again. You overweight rhinoceroses. Get on a farm and you won't have time to pin up the redheaded libertarian with her rosier hanging out the side like some sort of 15-year-old from Hot Topic. Oh, my gosh. Okay? I remember when girls thought showing their rosier was chic and fun and cool it's just, it's just trashy trashy and cheap and when it happens somebody tells you <laughs> it's showing it's showing hide it okay thank you girlfriend oh, and bryson gray here has been taking good. the cake bryson gray came out of that rap that fast i love that man 
Patriot Alex says, exception, your mind has been defiled <sighs> by those who smell, stink, are very, very filthy-minded, not touched by God. The Bible says to come out and be separated because immorality cups, corrupts good morals. She says, it was the gay fashion industry out of New York. People, we buy whatever is, we'll, would buy whatever is in style. Textile industry, you never hear about. Hey, Matt, there's room for you over here. Matt, come in. You want to say something about Calendar Gate? Come on in, brother. We got a brother to speak on this. Well, for one thing, I mean, it sort of goes without saying that the people. No, you don't. Have, no, it's fine. You're good. Yeah, this Just is really in. weird. No. Like I'm kind Just of tall in. and out of the picture here. <laughs> yeah, the fashion yeah. designers—they are, you know, homosexuals, pedophiles. They're they are. they're kind of the, you know, the low of the earth. And, you know, and and everyone just goes for the latest trends and fashions. And it's sort of like, you know, everyone kind of looks at their grandparents like, oh, they're a bunch of old funny daddies. They're backwards and they don't have the hip new clothes and stuff. But, you know, I mean, they had clothes. Yeah. And you don't want and they cover themselves and you don't want to be a slave to having to earn a bunch of money to buy the new clothes so that you can show more and all this stuff. Like, <laughs> if, if you're to, on a farm to, to and you have clothes, clothes to show more, and less clothing, still, and they still fit. I want the money back. And it goes along with you're trying to remove God from all aspects of society and it's sort of like, okay, God, we got this. We're good. We're going to live life without you. We're good without God. You know, we got this government under control. We got we, we can handle this conservative thing. Obviously, it's not working very out, working out very well. Well, then you wonder why, wow, you know, the neocons and conservatives, they go to Washington or whatever, or the state capital, and then, like, nothing happens. Like, they're like, oh, yeah, we're running on this thing, and we're running on this other thing. And then year after year, decade after decade, nothing happens. Nothing happens. It's, you know, and like Whitlock was saying... It goes back to a Love society that that's rejected God. Just not, you know, our country's Christian. I'm just saying, like, the leadership and whatever. It's like when you remove God from it, then where's the power? Where's the conviction to hold to, Come on. you know, the truth? And the truth, Jesus is the truth. He's the way in the life. So how can you have life in your country without God? You cannot. You can't. There's no light. There's no light. So, so like a lot of times, I'm sure they probably just, you know, it's it's like all these politicians. It doesn't matter what state you're in. They say, you know, if they're with one group of people that are more liberal, you know, they might spit. And you know, everyone wants to be liked by people. No one wants to be rejected. But you know, they don't have any backbone or conviction. So it's like they're in one group of people, and then like, well, you know, I'm gonna spin this message so it sounds a little more atheist like let's remove some like christian stuff or whatever you know and when you're in another crowd you can people know the churchy terms and catchphrases and especially the generation that were the baby boomers like especially in years past when they're the main ones that were running for office i mean they grew up in church. They grew up in a Christian society, so they know all the words to say, and they can sort of sound Christian. And to me, it seems like they went crazy in the 60s, the drugs and sleeping around, but then, okay, now we got to earn a living, you know, we got to establish ourselves and provide for ourselves somehow, and they could sort of play the game. And they could mm -hmm. sort of, there's a lot of sin, but they're just trying to pretend like, they're sort of Christian-y, but 
now the generation that you know we're involved with that in the 90s you know the latest generations they're like Whitlock was saying they just they're not even trying but it started way before that with people just not following the Lord and mm-hmm. I mean as a Christian conservative you think that you'd want to wear really conservative clothes you would think and you think that you know whatever these people's bodies might be it's between them and the Lord like like Adam created in the garden and he didn't have any clothes on, but God was, if you start but yourself God, that much and you get a lot of plastic surgery, you really God have created, to show it off. God which just, it, 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 you have to let him get it out. But yeah, God created them. And you know, so it's like, if God's forming them from the clay and all that, then, you know, somehow it's not weird because, because it's God, but you know, no one else needs to see that person that way. And, you know, if the person is called to be married or whatever, you know, whatever those views are in the calendar, I'm assuming that that's stuff that should only be seen by their husband, you know, or if it was a man calendar by their wife, you know what I Come mean? Come on! That's <clears throat> the next thing that's going to happen. You need to take time to breathe here. You know, you got to take some air and talk, <laughs> talk a little too Okay, fast. so um, Scott Kesterson says, we can win every battle and we will still lose the war unless we have a moral reset in this nation. We have to have a moral reset. Because that's basically, yeah. and if you read the Old Testament, it falls right in line with what we're saying here because a lot of times they would, God would say, look, you're trusting in these chariots. You're yeah. trusting in these swift, strong horses. And it's yeah. nothing against horses. We're to go... We're advocates of going back to horses. And you can't trust anything but And God. going off the land. But yeah, they were trusting in sort of like, you know, a lot of nations now, instead of seeking God, they're sort of like, oh, God is like, listen, you can't, you know, make it if you're trying to uh, stay afloat as a country by creating a peace deal mm-hmm. with Assyria. Let's create a, some sort of peace deal, peace exactly. deal with Egypt. It's like God set you free from Egypt. And if the Egyptians were to get saved, then that's great and helped advance the kingdom. That's one thing, but like, Oh no, we got to align with all these other countries and whatnot. Yeah, right. And God's like, look, if you turn to me, like all these problems are going away. Yeah, that's true. So Ryan says they speak Christianese, but not the word. And Patriot Gallery says, it takes healing by the Holy Spirit, not condemnation. Lord was just healing my mind to wear dresses again this week, which Lee and I do quite often. Chris says, yes, the Lord is going to reach hearts that previously had their eyes closed. The righteous of Jesus will bring the moral reset. Scott says, America has become the land of moral bankruptcy, accepting the removal of God from schools, government and law, and accepting anything for the benefit of self-satisfaction. Shonda says, God created us don't mess up his creation. And Chris says, God never makes a mistake. And they're basically denying the power Amen. thereof. They yeah, sort of they just quote a little Christianese, and, but they're denying the power thereof. So, you know, it's not like people of old were, I'm assuming they're talking about God and Christianity and, right. you know, his basis for government and everything. And like, Amen. even if it's a, you know, political rally or something for some sort of candidate in the early 1800s or whatever, people were probably getting saved and turning to God. But, mm-hmm. you know, nowadays it's just a bunch of talk. Right. Yeah, no, it's, it is all talk. And I, a it's lot just of, all air and no substance. A lot know? of people say, I see these same people on Twitter saying, we need Christianity. But I just don't think they know what Christianity is. Yeah. They need to be taught religion, morality. And you can have your own kind of, of Christianity, but there are basic principles of Christianity. And one of those is 
not trying. People can lust after you no matter what you wear. That's not your problem. True. If you are inducing it, that's a different story. And that's what this calendar is about. Exactly. Well, and nowadays it seems like the sizes have been getting like really, really small. And it's, it's sort of like, well, I've already always worn a medium or I've always worn a size large. So obviously I got to keep wearing that. But if the clothes are getting like tiny for like men and women, like maybe you need to go to an XL or 2XL or something, you know? Maybe you need a bigger clothes. You need a bigger, bigger size. Shirt, lady. Put on a bigger shirt. Yeah, how go do you to wanna the, do you wanna weigh in on how you feel about go to the thrift store and buy some of some stretchy clothes. pants? Here they come. Do you, clothes, do you, well, I mean, it's literally ridiculous because like, you know, you're just happen to be walking down the aisle somewhere, going to look for your own clothes, and someone pulls off the rack like these stretchy pants or something, and they look okay, I'm trying to get my hands in the camera, like they're little tiny baby <laughs> pants that look like they're for a small child, and like <laughs> you think that you can wear that. You think that that's gonna fit. <laughs> like that thing needs to be about six inches or a foot wider, and about two or three feet longer. That is ridiculous. Oh my gosh! So you don't. And and you know, like a lot of Christian conservatives, like even Trump, they play the like rock and roll songs at their rallies and stuff, and like. You know, like Whitlock said, it goes back before what's happening now. I mean, you see these rock and roll guys, like back in the 70s and the 80s especially, you know, and they'd wear those like same like spandexy pants that are like 50 sizes too small. <laughs> they would, even the 70s rockers would. Yes, like yeah. Kiss. Then 80s, you know, like all those, pants. like all those like supposed like hair bands with guys that would play the kind of like loud guitar and, you know, and they'd. Everyone say think that they're like that's why they sink so high. Their pants are too tight. Yes, I mean, it's <laughs> but, but yeah, it's like the everyone acts gone. like it's everyone acts gone. like they're super masculine, and like no, you're you're feathering masculine. out your hair and using a massive amount of hair product and, and makeup. Like, Don't forget the fact that they were completely Halloween spray. over. Yeah, they spend more time working on their hair than most women do. So, True. like, how is this masculine? It wasn't. They were a bunch of homosexuals. Tight pants. Well, and then it switched from that to, like, the grunge era, where it's just kind of openly just Why? dark and Disgust, satanic. Disgusting. And now it's kind of back nice... to the glamour stuff again. Uh-huh. Sherry points out, I had a difficult time finding clothing for my 13-year-old daughter because everything is crop tops. Guess what? It's not just for your 13-year-old. It's in the women's section. The crop tops get to me. To your point about okay. money, because it, they should be half price. They should be, because you're going to have the clothes. Shirt. Well, think about like all those one, clothes free. at the thrift store. You know, grandma and grandpa, they get clothes every year. And a lot of old people, you know, they're not going around a lot. They're not moving around a lot. So they wear like the same one, two, three outfits all the time. And they have a bunch of clothes in their closet that were never worn. Mm -hmm. You know, there's, the person passes away. They're still good. <laughs> you go to the thrift store, you know, you can just buy something like that, you know. We Vintage. Do. We do. Vintage. We do. Michelle has a really cute wool skirt she got. I love vintage. You get all your skirts at St. Vincent. We need a My here's the Here's the thing. I have to speak up in defense of stretch pants. I do. Because I wear them almost every day. 
And they're okay. very they're very good. There's something that you wear under your snow pants when you're <laughs> working outside. <laughs> but I do have a lot of skirts. Mm-hmm. I love to and layer. And long shirts. Yes. And long shirts. And shorts. And shorts. I do. Do I or do I not wear shorts over my stretch pants? More often than not. Yes. Thank you, Leah. But they're very comfortable. Like, I but am, no, I'm thankful it for is, their invention. It is a tragedy that going to the store, uh, women have decided these pants are so comfortable. That they're just pants. They're just pants. But they're not pants. They're they're tight. They're tights. Like when I was a kid, you would never go out in your tights. Well, I just wonder if it's, they're for under a skirt. Well, if someone was involved in some sort of sports activity or whatever, like you're not yeah. you're not just going on the street wearing your you know your tight like football pants or like I you know did something run from like some running gymnastics or something tights like today. Yeah, you like, you went running today. You changed. I did. But you, in, in you my changed before you left the sporting oh. venue. Right. But I, I, I'm not wearing them. In, yeah. Okay. So I'm going to toss everybody over to Scott Kesterson's show. He's changed his times. Okay. To 10 and 10 Eastern Standard Time. Oh, wow. Which is really great because then we can send people straight from our show to go watch his show okay. on Podbean live. All right. But you need the app on your phone to listen. All right. Live. Finally, guys, remember uh, the revival in Oxford, Indiana. Yes. January 13th. Very excited. Power click God's going to move. Go to the website. Click on the Dan Patch Revival. Banner. Bring your friends. Bring your family. Anybody who needs a touch of God, bring them. And um, uh, Becky and Tag and their group have been crawling down the rain. And I just see a big And you can meet Matt in person. Yeah. Meet Matt in person. Even better. Yeah, we're going to pray. We're going to just bring, we're going to bring revival and healing to your family and friends. So bring them. I think that's the only announcement that I have. And we're going to do a New Year's show. Scott, you may have gotten recruited. For New Year's Day, yeah. For New Year's Day. We're going to do the top 10, top 20 things. And if you guys have some ideas of what you felt like were like the biggest story of the year for you, go ahead and email us at massfay33 at gmail.com or, or message us on uh, Resistance Chicks Facebook, and we'll see uh, how yours ta- uh, stack up with everybody else's. That's good. We love you. God loves you. God bless. Remember, it's not just a conspiracy theory, but it's actually the truth. We'll see you next time right here from resistancechicks.com. Matt, thanks for coming for the discussion. I know it was very helpful. That shirt's really bringing out the blue in your eyeballs. Look at you it. You know, speaking of calendars, would you go grab that calendar? Okay. Oh, 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 oh. This we're so, is my we're mom's. in so much trouble, though. Like, literally in so much trouble. Maybe you know what she said? One? She said, where I, you know, what I missed on my birthday, my Christmas present was the Working Horses with Jim calendar. We didn't get it for her. I said, Mom, you didn't mention it. She goes, I did drop some hints. She's a hint dropper. So this is the kind of, this is a conservative calendar. That's the kind of calendar we're talking about. Look at the bodies on those babes. For our podcast listeners, it's horses. I think they're males, so I can't really say babes. (laughs) I am going to order it right now, Mom. Oh, my gosh. You'll have it in time. Working Horses with Jim. Waiting for the discount. No, we're not. We want to support Working Horses with Jim. They have a phenomenal show. It was joking. Okay, guys. We'll see you next time right here from resistancechicks.com, which means Sunday for our world news program where we are going to bring you um, maybe even the top world news stories too. So until next we will. time. This Sunday will be top news world stories. We bid top you adieu. Adieu. To you and you and you. I was called.